Anybody talk to Marcus lately? I'd like to congratulate him. Anybody here, Marcus? Marcus, are you out there? Some perps, I guess. Okay. He is. Anybody talks to Marcus, I want to congratulate him for his new video interview with Romola D. Anybody that has not seen that yet or heard it should see and hear that video. YouTube. Marcus is going to make a great T.I. fighter. Is a fighter. is a survivor.
Dangerous neurotechnology is being used to hack, control, and torture innocent people around the world. This is a factual statement. You probably or may not believe this right now, but my hope is by the conclusion of this lecture and this evening, you might be more convinced. I want you to imagine a world where people sit behind computers with security clearance and listen to your most personal thoughts, spy on your most private moments, and actually control your mind and body. This is not science fiction, this is reality. We would like to talk to you tonight about a program, a program of gaslighting where the aim is to discredit the target, make them look crazy, and have them even question their own sanity, all free of fingerprints and sets up perfect plausible deniability for the perpetrators committing this crime. Dr. Robert Duncan is going to talk to you factually about the technology and the possible intent of this program. I would also like to give my personal testimony to discuss the neuroethical implications of this horrific crime and the human rights violations and discuss possible solutions that we can all implement together, like neuroethical human rights legislation. I am not going to pretend to be any type of expert on this technology. This is why I've asked Duncan to present to you today. But like all the other victims, hundreds to thousands around the world, we have a story to tell. Many of you invited tonight are neuroscientists, engineers, professors, students of tech, local technology schools in the area, as well as human rights groups and local Congress. Our hope is that you will find this information relevant, believable, and help us to find solutions. You need to know that not only could this technology be used to drug, rape, torture innocent civilians around the world, it is being used to do so, and it has possibly been used for decades. I, Alison Amy Ireland, solemnly affirm that by all that is sacred and righteous, that my testimony is given free without coercion, and that this is the whole truth, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. I'm a 38-year-old businesswoman in medical sales, and a mother of three small children. October 2015, I began being harassed with something that is referred to as psychotronics, microwave auditory hearing effect, silent sound which bypasses the ears, V2K voice to skull or synthetic telepathy. Since then, it had, they have stolen the past three and a half years of my life. It started overnight, people talking in my head, sometimes as loud as someone in the room next to me. They use standard scripts to traumatize and document response. They would, in the very beginning, they kept me up for days on end, not eating, not sleeping, screaming the most horrible, disgusting things you can even imagine all day long, 24-7. They would keep me up. They would sexually harass me, belittle me, stripping me of my dignity as a woman. All of us experiencing this, and I've spoken with dozens, possibly hundreds, hear exactly the same things repeated to us. They hear, um, we hear our voices. Uh, our thoughts repeated back. We hear voices of others responding to our thoughts. We hear them narrating what we're doing throughout the day. We literally do not have a private thought in our head or a private moment with our families. I want it to be on the record that I do not take any drugs, recreational or pharmaceutical, and I have no history of mental illness or depression. Sometimes I have asked um, something that I don't know the answer to. They will respond and I will look it up and I will find that the answer is correct. Not only do they repeat what I say in my head, but they will add colorful adjectives and edit my thoughts. At times, like 
Ewan Cameron developed back in the 50s. I am subjected to automated messages. Psychic driving technique repeated over and over again on the loop. I know often it is AI in my head, but I also sometimes I feel like I hear actual people talking as well. They use scripts to deceive and control. Sometimes they will play music, recite riddles. Sometimes you hear things as trivial as discussions on what they're ordering for lunch or how long their shift is. This is something I have personally been experiencing for three and a half years. On January two, January 2016, on my January 13th, on my 35th birthday, I was drugged for the first time with what I now believe to be a biofrequency used to generate a drug state for almost a full year, nine months. I was drugged every other day. I'd go one day feeling completely normal, organically like myself, and then the next day like I ate a sheet of acid. This went on and off for nine months, one day on, one day off, one day on, one day off. Then it just stopped completely. I was totally back to normal again, with an exception for three very specific times. Um, when I was drugged remotely like a Pavlovian dog, when I tried to do something to raise awareness of what was happening, when I went to the FBI or when I organized a conference for victims to come together to figure out what was happening and figure out what we could all do together. This is not how paranoid schizophrenia or any type of mental illness works. I have learned that MIT, the home of the US Army super soldier, has developed such a drug delivery system. Luckily, I experimented with LSD in college only about four to five times, not enough according to medical experts for a flashback, but at least I know knew what I was feeling was a simulation of being on a hallucinogenic and that I was not insane. You wanna tell your children, just say no to drugs, but then again, I feel like maybe they should experiment in college in case they get drugged remotely by the government or whoever does this to people so they don't end up in a mental hospital. The rest of this is gonna sound crazy and I promise if it does not happen to me personally, I would not believe a word of it. But I have also seen a hologram of a cartoon character in my room, and I was raped once with something that Dr. Duncan refers to as no-touch simulated rape through EEG heterodyning, where you feel as though you are being sexually assaulted for trauma-based mind control, but no one is in the room with you. Some victims are raped by this technology daily, all day. These are all identical experiences that I have heard by countless other victims. I have also had what I believe to be manipulated dreams. I was told that it takes 90 minutes to fall into REM sleep. Those of us on this cybernetic hive mind program will fall asleep and wake up, fall asleep within five seconds, having a very vivid dream that seems like you're watching a movie. Either seeing things like being attacked by a bald eagle or looking in the mirror, my eye becomes a camera lens or I pull a chip out of my nose that says USA or they show me such horrific things of my own family. It literally makes me cry for weeks and makes me thank God that I am aware of what is happening and I know in my heart that is not my own subconscious and that I could never create something so horrific in my own mind. Recently within the past year, I have also been tortured with what I believe to be emotional manipulation. This has just been happening to me within the past year. Organically, I'm a very happy, upbeat, outgoing person. I normally just go on with my day and all of a sudden, like somebody is literally turning on and off a light switch. I start to scream and cry and shake uncontrollably while simultaneously the voice of skull repeats in my head, kill yourself, kill yourself, kill yourself. It lasts, it lasts for about an hour and it um, feels, and then some feels like somebody is literally just turning it off and I snap back to normal. When I ask, why are you doing this? 
the V2K or Voice in My Head says, we want you to know what they have been doing to people remotely for decades. Chernoff patent used by the CIA was subliminal back in the 50s, using subliminal messaging to broadcast rage, fear, and manipulate human behavior. As I mentioned, I am not going to make any claims about this technology, whether I'm implanted with chips, whether it's smart dust, nanotechnology, or frequency done remotely. I will leave that to the experts. I just want to share my experience and the parallel experience of so many others around the world and talk about what we can all do about it together. A few other things that may or may not be relevant. Um, I have been told that I might have been victimized by this technology as nonsensical as it is because um, of my career in medical sales. I was with American Medical Systems, who was then acquired by Boston Scientific when this first started happening, selling urologic with a U, not neurologic implants. I lost a really good job due to the attacks um, of being drugged every other day for nine months and um, having my performance suffer. I struggled since then to get back on track professionally, hopping around to a few different companies. I have somehow been able to though remain gainfully employed, struggling every day to work through whatever I am going through, provide for my family and raise my three small children and in my limited free time, do what I can to expose these crimes. I currently work for a company, Allergan Pharmaceuticals, selling Botox for overactive bladder, again in urology with a U, not neurology. But Allergan does work in neurology and I have um, and has mental health medication, sells mental health medication as well. Maybe this is relevant, maybe it isn't, but as a mind control victim, I question everything in my life. Since many Manchurian candidate victims are mind controlled to believe that Big Pharma is doing it to them, I've been told that my employment could have something to do with it. Maybe I'm being set up. I do believe that the company does not realize that they may be profiting off victims of this technology and I'd like to find a way to credibly raise awareness someday with my employer. I believe um, every day I am helping people personally improve their quality of life with therapeutic Botox. So at this time, I do not see an issue personally with my profession. Um, I've also been told that I could be in this program because of my identical twin daughters or my Jewish lineage. Joseph Mengele and other World War II scientists did experiment on multiples. Um, this was one of the first questions in the symptom survey. Bill Binney and Kirk Wiebe, some NSA whistleblowers that are helping us conducted um, back in 2017. Are you a multiple, fraternal, identical? I do believe this is relevant. Many people also believe that this Illuminati or Freemason Association, supposedly there is some connection with the monarch mind control style torture. They do um, in Nazi Germany and this Illuminati group. Honestly, I, and I do think that many victims and perpetrators committing these crimes actually do buy into this stuff. Um, but honestly, I think that it is irrelevant. Whatever excuse or justification people are making to torture other people is irrelevant. The point is that people are torturing other people with technology. They are remotely drugging, raping, torturing, and murdering. This is like Nazi Germany. Um, you know, they were actually able to get neighbors to torture other neighbors. Um, you know, this is covert and done remotely, um, but you know, history does have a tendency to repeat itself. So I think honestly, the most important thing that we do right now is expose what is happening and try together to find solutions and establish neuroethical legislation to protect our brains from being hacked. 
The first psychiatrist I ever went to was named Wendy Olson Morrow, the Hitchcock Clinic in Hudson, New Hampshire. She set me on the right track. She said, you do not have any mental illness. Do you know anybody that works for the government? This was before I learned about this phenomenon, and I thought this was such a strange, bizarre question. I saw her twice, January 26, 2016, and February 24, 2016. I then got a bizarre phone call that she had died, and I needed to see someone else. They sent me to another psychiatrist who has been pushing a medication that is actually made by the company I work for now. Then I learned that the sales rep for the specific medication now has the job that I had when I first started getting tortured by this technology, selling urologic implants at Boston Scientific the year that I lost my job when I was drugged. And this is all complete coincidence, but I felt like it was bizarre enough to mention. And, you know, sometimes I do wonder if we are moved around like chess pieces for some sort of game that we don't understand. Also, working and organizing and strategizing with this group of victims can be challenging for us all in itself. Um, this group of victims trying to organize and fight back, you know, I believe we are mind controlled not to trust each other, so we don't unite and work together. I have actually been told that my voice was used in the heads of others, telling them that I, for some reason, am the one that is doing this to them. There is power in numbers, especially in groups that are organizing, organized and productive. So I believe that to keep us from being productive and fighting back, they mind control us to um, fight with each other or worse, think that, you know, we're doing this to each other. I'm sure they are, there are also hired infiltration um, to keep uh, things unproductive as well. Uh, the point is that we need more help outside of this community of victims. Um, it is important for anyone watching this to know that this event was not sponsored by a company or organization. It is sponsored entirely financed by the hard work earned money of a woman who is working to struggle through what she is experiencing and find a way to expose what is happening for her and her family and thousands of others around the world. The truth is I personally have no idea why I was targeted for this crime. Maybe it is just a random cross section of the population for experimentation. I am an innocent, hardworking, taxpaying American who has committed no crimes. I was not an activist prior to being harassed by this technology. I know no one that works for the government, and I have no enemies that I can think of. I have no reason to make this up, and I want nothing more to, than to expose what they are doing to protect my children and to make a better tomorrow for everyone. My small children have also experienced this voice to skull technology, specifically my son, age seven. This is documented with the pediatrician. When he was three, he came to me and my husband and said, I hear a voice talking in my head. It said not to love mommy, but I didn't listen because I love you. Two to three other times since then, he has also come to me saying, mommy, they're doing it to me again. They're talking in my head. Per the advice of other victims, I've gotten scanned by a private investigator named Melinda Kidder at Columbia Investigations in Columbia, Missouri. She is the leading private investigator regarding these matters. Scans indicate elevated ELF, EMF frequency emissions coming from specific registered to academic institutions, government agencies, companies hired by government agencies, public broadcast stations, educational broadband services, providers, broadband internet providers for collaborative research. Many of us who have also gotten this HSCOTA scan have shown frequencies registered to the same academic institutions, agencies, and companies who could possibly be defendants in a toxic tort or class action possibly someday. I live in New Hampshire, but the frequencies are registered to institutions and companies all over the United States, and the victims of this growing crime are all over the world. I believe um, this is what was used to torture me with psychotronic sound and a biofrequency simulation to generate a drug state by a remote signaling device. 
Whether reliable evidence or not, a toxicologist named Hildegrain Staniger of Integrative Health Solutions also gave me a skin patch and hair follicle test that revealed evidence that I was being harassed by nanotechnology. My husband and my friends can all support my claim. Um, the most important thing to me is to expose this to protect my, fam my family and victims worldwide. I'm sure you are also familiar with the recent story of the dip American diplomats to Cuba um, suffering the hearing loss from the sonic attacks. My four-year-old daughter was born with something called auditory neuropathy. I believe there is a chance this also might be related. She was born with this crippling hearing loss right before I started getting tortured with this technology. I found clinical articles low-wave frequencies like the ones being admitted from me can damage the hair in the inner ear causing this type of hearing loss. She is crippled for life and forced to wear bilateral hearing aids. The Hoffer report on the diplomats did suggest that um, 30 to 40 percent of the diplomats did experience permanent hearing loss as well. I hired another investigator who has been able to dig further into the Federal Communications Commission database for frequencies found on me. And I've also been able to obtain a full comprehensive list of companies and institutions, not only the companies and institutions, but specific names, phone numbers, and addresses of these individuals licensed to these frequencies. I have reached out to each and every one of them. I've done everything that I can possibly think of up to this point. I have been to the FBI, the state police, the local police, and went back to the FBI recently. And this time, instead of getting drugged, like I was the first time that I went, they actually did open an investigation for me and gave me a case number. I have emailed, called, and sent certified letters to over 100 civil rights class actions, personal injury lawyers, but for whatever bizarre reason, I have not been able to obtain anyone. I have contacted, um, emailed, or gone in person, ACLU, Fusion Center, DARPA, um, and also desperately trying to get a meeting with my local Congress. Most importantly, my story is not unique and is trivial in compared to the atrocities of so many others around the world by this remote technology. This is a silent crime, as I said, and complete plausible deniability of the assailants. The victims are gaslighted, made to appear mentally ill. These crimes against humanity are so horrific, and I feel these are the biggest threat that our society faces today. What we need is to raise public awareness, overall awareness, and discuss neuroethical human rights legislation that we can implement to protect our minds from these attacks. Please pay attention also when Duncan covers Project Blue Beam. This is the rumor, um, you know, and this is, again, conspiracy theory was supposedly leaked by NASA, some sort of um, staged apocalyptic alien invasion, religious rapture using this technology. You know, we know victims of this technology. The technology in place, subliminal mind control, voices in your head, holograms, a frequency that makes you feel like you're on LSD, making you more susceptible to subliminal mind control. So all these tools in their tool bag, right? So this is, of course, a conspiracy, you know, but knowing that this technology exists, you know, what if we were the guinea pigs? You know, pilot program for before this is rolled out on the general public. You know, I'm uh, hoping obviously this is just a conspiracy theory, but literally knowing about this technology and what's happening to people could literally save your life. What boggles my mind and obviously the minds of others is if the technology does exist, right, for people's brains to be hacked remotely, why is there still crime? Why does it seem that this technology is being used to torture innocent people, driving them to homicide or suicide? You know, I want you to, if you aren't familiar, look up the stories of, you know, people like Myra May, Aaron Alexis, all of these mass shooters where it comes out after that they had voices in their head that led them to do it. All of the suicides of the victims of this technology. The only conclusion I can think of 
as deranged as this seems, is that maybe they want things to get as bad, you know, so bad that we all accept this 1984 minority report future without a private thought in our head or a private moment in our families, you know, as a welcome order from the chaos that they might create. Hopefully, again, conspiracy theory. Today, we have invited 5,000 professors, students, local human rights groups, bioethics groups, mental health professionals, local Congress and the general public. The ad in the globe gets a circulation of 225,000. Myself, as well as other volunteers have been being remotely tortured, have been tirelessly sending emails, handing out flyers, putting up billboards, organizing events like this. I have participated in dozens of symptom surveys and affidavit collection endeavors. Bill Binney and Kirk Wiebe, um, NSA whistleblowers, helped us collect data in 2017 in a symptom survey that we need help analyzing this data. These admirable whistleblowers, along with Robert Duncan and many, many others, are helping us expose these crimes, but we need more outside help. We have all this data collected. We need experts like yourself to help us organize it and prevent it, present it in a professional way. I'm also handing out a document that outlines an amazing neuroethical specific, neuro-specific human rights proposal by Dr. Marcelo Inca and Dr. Roberto Anardo, um, Andorno. Obviously, I'm sure that these are probably all things, discussions that you were having already in your neuroethics and bioethics classes. But it's important for you to hear our stories, hear our side, the testimonies of the victims. The fact that you are here today is a step in the right direction. Knowing that we have no cognitive liberty, knowing that anyone, anywhere can access, share, manipulate what's in your brain at any time or worse, torture you remotely is not okay. We are not lab rats, we are people who should have the right to cognitive liberty, mental privacy, mental integrity, psychological continuity, so should everyone around the world. We need your help, students at, of MIT, professors and others watching, future neuroscientists and engineers, human rights groups in Congress, please help us make tomorrow more bioethical than today. Please, if you'd like to get involved, network and course on, I will provide my personal email and cell phone to anyone. Dr. Robert Duncan has also said that he would provide his contact information. Let's work together. Let's find, figure out how we can help make things better tomorrow for our children. That's all I want to say. Thank you. Dangerous neurotechnology is being used. Recorded live. Okay. I feel little, like little wispy things against my hands or my arms, little, like a little, um, like a feather or something, sweeping mm. against my hands, my arms. I suppose it will get, well, one area, they burn me, but I suppose that yeah. will get more pronounced. I don't know, but it's a weird feeling. If you want to drub brush it away and this is, nothing's there that you can see. Right. Yeah. Have any of you experienced the itching? Oh, God, Maria. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Usually my back, where I can't reach. Yep, same here. Yeah, that's very annoying. Um, how about you, Nancy? Are you okay? Are you with us? Where's Nancy? Where'd she go? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to try to get some ice and a washcloth and see if that helps. I mean, it really hurts. It's like they're just twisting it. And I know it's because they want me to go to the emergency room so they can do more things. 
you know? Yeah, yeah. You don't want to do that. I know. I know. I've, I'm been, not... I've been to the emergency room and I was tortured when I was there. Mm-hmm. How do you think my kids feel? Oh, my goodness. And they cry to me. Unreal. Well, they know. They'll hurt anything that we love. Well, they just got my hand again or something. They will hurt anything we love. I mean, they've they've killed my animals over the years. I just and they know that they're so important to me. You know. Oh, Linda, you you'll get you'll find your purpose, and you know what? It's going to be our time because now that you're getting out there, Linda, I feel something's going to happen for you. I hope you, so. You're, you're going to get justice. It's got it's any matter of time. Because now you got the freedom for covert harassment. Now you found Mike. And now you're doing your own calls and, on you know, you, it's, it's your, just, you know, one thing after another for you now. Yes, most definitely. You're a pioneer. Yeah, you, you, are, you, are, you are a warrior. As somebody who said that to me the other day, I'm a warrior. Oh, that was last night. I think Connie Corinne said that last night, didn't she? Well, actually, I we are all warriors. We're, we're willing to... We're willing to confront this. We're willing to ask. We're willing to reach out to each other. We're willing to read. We're willing to find out what's going on. And you know something? They didn't expect this. They did. I think the one thing they did not bet on was that we would find each other and we would become a cohesive group that mm-hmm. could band together, you know, and share ideas and actually get this out in front of hopefully the media at some point, you know? Yes. I mean, does yeah. anybody know anybody in the media? <laughs> you know, I, can, I do. I do. Well, who do you know? Well, it's a small little media, which is probably where you should start. Little guy in my area. No, nobody. He has his own little journal. So this is journal, Ventura yeah. County Real News. Yeah. And then we also have a Ventura County Star. And those guys got either balls of steel or I don't know what, but they had pictures of chemtrails all over their front page for months Good. complaining about it. Yeah, the only the only publication I know of in the country that's blah blahing about it, unless they're doing it in Northern California where Dean Wigington lives. I I know um the the Cindy Merck, he's the um the owns the Centennial here in Franklinville. He does a lot of the Gloucester County Times. I'm in the Gloucester County area. She puts a lot on that. Keith is with us right now. Keith, are you on the talk or are you, can you talk? You can't, Schaefer? Keith, 57. No, I, Keith, I just wanted Keith to tell us. Good, there he is. Um, Keith, can you tell people what's, can I unmute you? <laughs> well, you can't answer me, can you? Because you're muted. Hold it. I'll see if I can unmute you. Keith. There you go. I just, Keith's got such a great idea. Keith has got a registry where we can all come in, register. I, either with a friend, I can't, I'm not sure if that's worked out yet, but register in a in a place where we all can like check in. We all should at least check in at least once a month, if not once a week. I'm not sure where that is right now, Keith, but Keith, why don't you tell him? Well, actually, uh, <clears throat> Linda, I pretty much uh, just shut down the whole project. Why? What? Well, because of lack of support uh, within the TI community. And really just, uh, you know, and really just, really just uh, receiving the brunt of uh, of so much uh, 
underhand, uh, underhanded stalking from people yeah. that say they're targeted individuals. Yeah. So, you know, I, so, uh, you know, I just, I just put a sign on it, right. You know, on the sign up page where the registration is, yeah. I said, uh, you know, just it's, it's, um, that uh, right now it's on hold and, and that I may just go ahead and put it on uh, indefinite uh, hold because, uh, you know, I put a, you know, I put time into this. I think it's something very valuable, but, uh, you know, if targeted individuals and the leadership within the community uh, are not going to support it, uh, it, you know, and essentially, you know, turn against me, Hey, listen, it's no skin off my back. I've got, listen, I've got, what I've got other things to do. Besides, you know, spend a lot of time trying to defend targeted individuals only to be turned around and attacked by them. So, listen, you know, I'm not losing any sleep over it. But you know what? When people continue to drop through the cracks and targeted individuals continue to come up missing, then, you know, when you all say, well, maybe we should have listened to Keith when he was working on that project instead of attacking him. Now, are you sure? Okay. Let me tell you, I mean, like. On my call, I would be more than willing to, you know, I'd be more than willing to keep keep advertising and keep the only reason I haven't signed up yet is I've been getting so hard break-ins and really getting hit hard. I'm running around trying to secure everything around here. Um, but, boy, the, I mean, you're like my next on my list, and I was going to ask Bella if she wanted to, uh, you know, be my, my cohort signing <laughs> up. Um, um, I just think it's such a great idea. You guys, what Keith was talking about was uh, some place where we could make sure we could check on each other, and if something went wrong, if it ends up with 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 people signing up, if something happens that goes wrong and somebody drops out and disappears, what, what, the, what the perps will know is that there will be two or 3,000 people on it. It, they won't be able to, to dissuade people from believing. You know, there are thousands of people that be, that know that that person was targeted and something is wrong and they need to be looked into. I also think the police would That's know so that. Good. The police would know that, Keith. You know, as we, you know, we talked about the I mean, everybody. It could have been, yeah, I mean, it actually could have been eventually used for uh, for legal proceedings, because it would it, it would have had uh, an established record of uh, you know all these targeted individuals that essentially because that's one thing I did I had a form on there where you could say you know there was like eight different choices uh, where you could say well are you are you experiencing um, stalking uh, electronic harassment uh, remote neuromonitoring and isolation then I go on then I would give Something else, are you experiencing um, stalking, electronic harassment, and V2K? Are you experiencing gaslighting? So I had all these different choices down at the bottom. I said, you know, most all of the above, okay, that was another choice, which, you know, that included everything from aviation harassment to noise, you know, noise harassment, right. uh, dream manipulation, sleep sleep deprivation, uh, you know, um, Violations of your physical body with whatever method they, you know, that they want to do. Right. And then, you know, so if you had people filling out this information, you know, and I hate to use the term database because, you know, everybody kind of freaks out. You know, they all, you know, he's gathering information for the government or something like that. But, you know, 
I mean, what are we going to do? We have nothing to take to the authorities right now. Okay, we just got a hand. We can, you know, we can barely get a dozen people together to meet in, in a in a single location. But if you would have had 500 or 1,000 or 5,000 targeted individuals that were on a, a single registry, and all of them were essentially united on what was going on, although everyone was experiencing uh, differences, you know, in their assault to various degrees, and then on top of that, you know. After a period of time, you probably would establish, unfortunately, you know, that some of these victims were dying or disappearing faster than the average population is. All of this could have been proof. Yes, it could. You know, it could have been valuable information to present to, you know, our government uh, officials demanding that they investigate this. You know, because it, it's right here in black and white. Right, we're, but, we're dying know, off. Yeah. Yeah, but Linda, you know, I, you know, I've, I've <laughs> you know, I mean, listen, I, you know, this is not my first love. your hands and give up hope. I think it was a great idea. I don't think anyone was against it. We're just a little slow. And you have to tell people, any normal people, things three times anyway before it sinks in. So well, I'll share it. I've been trying to get on these calls for a year or two now. I keep on forgetting. I had to set multiple alarms and I asked that the CHS. Two people on the board and what have you. And, um, you know, but 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 you know, no mention about Keith's project. Well, I I think you would be a great adjunct, if that's the correct word, to FFCHS. I mean, what a great program to be able to include. It's a safety catch. It's a safety. I mean, I would think that they would want to promote this big time because it's something very good for people. It's something very important. It would, it would make us, I would feel safer knowing that if something happens to me or if I drop out for three weeks, I would have a thousand people looking for me. You right. know, and if something happened to me, then I don't damn well, the cops would be, they'd be all over the, the, the cops. Where's Linda? Where is she? What, you know, we know she checked in and she's gone. Where is she? And the perps would know that we would get that kind of attention. You know, they've done everything they can. To, to keep us separate, and that is the what you're suggesting is the exact opposite of what they've tried to do to us, and I can't imagine anything more helpful, to be honest with you. Nothing. Well, you know what, Linda, you know, I, I appreciate that, and I appreciate, you know, what your, you know, your uh, your support and, and what you, you know, how you've stood behind it, and there has been a few individuals that have, that have supported it, but in my opinion, okay, 
and and you know as of right now it, you know i'm not taking any registrations i went ahead and put i can't remember what i said but i just i basically put it on hold for right now and um and you know of course i could start it back up if something were to change my mind but i think that there's so much of the so the TIs are so much under control. Okay, they're already under so much mind control and under so much influence from the organization, from the larger TI organization, and from the government and what have you, that anybody that aligns themselves or leans, you know, towards this direction, that they're I don't know I don't know what's going on. They're either manipulated or influenced or dissuaded or persuaded or intimidated from having any taking any part of this and and what and just to put it simply i can't see any uh, i can't see enough targeted individuals making decisions on their own with courage and you know and saying well i don't care what the rest of the targeted individuals are saying or what the leadership is saying this is this is good for me but i don't see that happening all i see is uh, most of the targeted individuals basically just going along with the the general idea that no, you better not get a you know you better not go along with what you know these new ideas or something like that. You better go along with the rest of the herd. But it's all very nebulous, non-specific. <laughs> Keith, you're really leaving a lot out here. I mean, I'm just wondering where is this coming from. Because on all of the calls that I've been on, there are so many people that are backing you. And there's so much positive support. So I don't understand why you would shut it down again. you got to explain to me where, where this negativity is coming from. I never heard anything negative either. And I'm on twice a if week. there's so much support, then where are, where, where are all the signatures from well, Keith, it takes a little bit of time sometimes to get things rolling, and people need to be reminded. And sometimes they're busy forming their alliances. So, give us a little chance before you throw up your hands and give up hope. I think it was a great idea. I don't think anyone was against it. We're just a little slow, and you have to tell people, any normal people, things three times anyway before it sinks in. So, well, I've been trying to get on these calls for a year or two now. I keep on forgetting. I had to set multiple alarms and I asked that the CHS email me. The kind of mind control you get reinforces it being incredibly hard to reach out and connect with these communities. It can be really hard to see, to see people coming in because it is so hard to get in. But it doesn't mean it's not a bad idea. Oh, I think it's a great idea. And also, Keith, if, if, let's, there are a few of us who have little contact with the board. Um, um, and let us write to the new people in charge, not some of the other ones, but some of the new, if you wouldn't mind, I would, I would very, I just really hate to see your project go down. Uh, if we could write to them and say, this really needs to be part of the safety net that FFCHS along with Keith five, seven, whatever your numbers are, um, you know, this really needs to be a safety catch for the community. If they would push it. I think you could get, if they would push it in their newsletter that goes out every week, I think you could get, you would get a lot of response, but they're not pushing it. No, you know, I mean, it's little words here or there and, you know, people are talking about it and they like it. Everybody likes it. It's just, I think nobody knows exactly where to go, how to shine up. We could list it. We could list, put links on the, on the chat pages for you. But I think if it went out in the newsletter every week, you would have people. <laughs> 
Well, you know, like I said, it, I mean, it, it's it's still up there, you know, and, and yeah. right now I've got, you know. It's I'm, marketing. We need to help you market it. Well, you know, I'm just have, I'm just, you know, I, I'm I'm just having second thoughts about the whole thing, and you know, and like I said, you know, this this is not, you know, this is not my first love. You know, I, I was doing something else. Keith, your first love is the only thing that's going to free us. What? 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 Would you say it again? Well. You know, I mean, you know, see, well, I don't know. You don't believe that? I'm just not going to say much else tonight, you know. For those of you who have seen the movie The Manchurian Candidate, you'll find this interview beyond intriguing. Dr. Nick Begich has spent the last decade investigating the use of 21st century technologies and their effects on our brain. It probably doesn't surprise you to know that technologies that produce this effect on people actually exist. Let's hear what Dr. Begich has to say about these well-cloaked technologies. As we've been talking about some of the 21st century technologies, one area that can't be ignored is that our brains are being affected by a lot of external forces, electromagnetic, radio frequencies, etc. Can you give us a little bit of background in the ways in which we're being impacted at this time? Sure. You know, this this area is, is we consider the most controversial area that we've covered in the last 11 years. And it's an area that I'm committing the next five years to educate the public around the world on because I think it is the most important technology. The 
idea of interfering with the human brain, either for, um, for from external sources without our consent, is a significant issue for me. In the United States, according to Secretary of Energy O'Leary, when she was in that position under the Clinton administration, she had said that over a half a million Americans in a 40-year period had been victims of, of human experimentation in the United States without their consent. You know, from, in, from syphilis uh, being given to a black uh, man in the uh, southeast to see how they would die over time to radioactive iodine and nupiates in Alaska to see how they would die over time and many, many other things. One of the most um, extraordinary reports came out in the early 70s during a number of congressional hearings. There was actually a presidential report issued in June of 1975, and it was on CIA abuses within the United States. And it was a report to the president. What, what was contained in that was a chapter talking about mind manipulation using chemical means and programs, uh, MK Ultra and their associated programs run by the Central Intelligence Agency. And all of these things are referenced in our written work. We have hundreds and hundreds of reference sources. But when you look at what they were doing then, it was primarily chemical means, at least that's what made it into the literature. When you go back even further, if you go back to say the Korean era, you know, in that era we had servicemen returning from the from from warfare and they were exhibiting these very bizarre behaviors these patriotic young guys were coming back and handing communist leaflets out on street corners and this is where the the, the term brainwashing was actually coined was in that era and so our government began to look can we you know what did they do and can we do it too became the equation and so as you look all the way into the 50s and into the early 60s uh, these technologies were being explored by the early 60s we had captured um, a device it was actually during the vietnam era and we captured a russian device called the lida machine l-i-d-a which was actually looked at by a guy named ross addy one of the leading researchers again for military he, re he looked at this and it was used for putting um, uh, military prisoners of war into trance-like states using flickering lights and sound and uh, electromagnetic field oscillations so that you would get in a very relaxed state, in a state where they could extract intelligence much more efficiently from you. And that became a whole new review for military te technologists in this country thinking maybe we can use electromagnetic fields to manipulate what's going on in the brain. In 1969, there was a book published called Towards a Psycho-Civilized Society, and this was put together by Jose Delgado, and he had his doc uh, doctorate in uh, elect electrophysiology from the University of Madrid from 1950. He came over the, to Yale University in the mid-60s and began mapping the human brain, stimulating the human brain in primates and, and bulls and animals, all different kinds of animals, stimulating parts of the brain to see what parts were responsible for what kinds of um, actions or cognitive functions and so on. So what he was doing in those days, in the 60s, was he was implanting microcircuits and then, or not microcircuits, circuits and stimulating with RF, radio frequency energy. So one of the illustrations or photographs shows a charging bull coming at him and he throws the switch and the bull stops right in front of him. Well, by the mid 80s, he figured out you didn't need any implanted technologies. All you needed to know was how to modulate the right frequency. And the energy density, the concentration of energy, was 1 50th of what the Earth naturally produces. Very small, small energy in the RF range, radio frequency ranges. Now, compare that to what's around us right at the moment. At the moment, there's 200 million times more radio frequency and energy around us in any urban area than there than there is uh, naturally produced by the earth. So a huge amount, and out of all that background noise, what he found is, 
by hitting a precise window frequency with very low energy concentrations, you would pick that signal out because it was coherent, not like nature all over the map. It was a coherent rhythmic signal in a very precise frequency. The brain would pick it out and he could change behavior from lethargic to highly active, back and forth, back and forth, like switching on and off a light switch. Let me ask a question right here. Is that with a subject that was in, say, a short distance of whatever he was utilizing to affect this particular pulse, or is this at large? Could he do this on, say, larger groups? Uh, you could do it on a lot. You could do it on an individual basis or a very large basis. In fact, if you go back to the work of J.F. Gordon McDonald, he was a geophysicist at UCLA, and he was a science advisor to Lyndon Johnson. He wrote a chapter in a book called Unless Peace comes and, and the chapter was called how to wreck your environment but within that chapter was a section that said if we could ever learn how to electronically stroke the the ionosphere this layer that begins about 30 miles above the earth's surface that's electrically charged if we could ever figure out how to electronically stroke it he said to get it to send a signal back to the earth we could affect uh the behavior of people over huge geographic areas on a hemispheric basis and it wouldn't affect everyone it would affect 70 or 80 percent of the populations what they more or less figured. But this was a technology that didn't exist in 1969. In the early 70s, Abigna Brzezinski referenced J.F. Gordon's work and said, you know, this is a technology that will likely emerge. What has happened with a project that, that I wrote a book on some time ago, Angels Don't Play This Harp, about the harp project, it was designed to do many things as a side effect or a deliberate effect this can happen you know i mean the fact is they generate the right kind of signal in the right range to override brain function and then you can kind of look at the brain in sort of this way in terms of predominant brain activity one to four hertz or pulses or vibrations per second this is where you are in your deepest deepest states of sleep the next range approximately four to seven hertz this is um the, the theta range the theta range this is where you are between awake and asleep when you're consciously aware of your dreams uh, this is where little kids are between three and six years old why they have trouble distinguishing reality from imagination because of the way the brain works at that time a little bit further up you have the alpha range seven to say 11 12 hertz in that range this is where you are when you're in the zone when you're doing your art your reading your research when you're really focused you know that's where you want to be and then above that is, is the beta ranges where people should be when we're actively having this kind of a dialogue and then high beta is where you are in your agitated states if you think about affecting the brain um, by analogy, similarly to dialing a radio station, you know, when you dial through the radio radio station, most of the most of the energy is just static, just your static between the stations. When you get on station, you get resonance, harmony between the transmitter and receiver, and you get a nice clear signal. The same is true in the human body and the human brain. Whether you look at it on an elemental level, the elements that compose the body, or you take it all the way up to the organs of the body, you can create modulations, oscillations that will override the brain's natural rhythms. The brain will entrain or lock onto that external signal and begin to mirror it. By putting this coherent signal in. Right. Coherent, meaning rhythmic, not random. Right. And so it's not so much the amount of energy it's the way the energy is manipulated. And so what they found in military applications, and there's dozens of source documents that we quote, they found that they could use these external fields for, for de degrading or um, depleting uh, the ability of an adversary to say wage war or confuse their thoughts enough uh, to where they become. And this was actually utilized. Yeah, these technologies have been around. They've been, you know, they've been tested over the years. The question becomes is where and when. 
and under what classifications. And as we looked at them and we saw over two or three, almost three dozen U.S. patents showing the evolution of these technologies cited in our work, uh, you know, this is all material that is in the open literature. When you trace the history, uh, you can go back to, say, the early 80s even, where they began to ask for what's called uh, dosimetry handbooks, dosages of radio frequency necessary to override various parts of the body, whether it be the brain, the heart, the liver, the lungs. By 85, the United States Air Force contracted with the University of Utah and actually put together the radio frequency dosimetry handbook, which is a big, thick volume that lays it out so that you can target the heart, the liver, the lungs, or the brain, or any other organ of the body to de debilitate um, uh, an adversary or to stop their heart and kill them for that matter. You know, recently you've seen um, promoted, in fact, it's been every year for five years, they announced it as if it were brand new, this Humvee with a, a dish on the back of it that's used for riot control purposes. And the story goes, it'll create the heat sensation on the surface of the body of about 130 degrees, which it certainly will do if it's ranged correctly. If it's ranged for say a half a mile and someone walks 20 feet in front of it, they're gonna have a much different experience than 130 degrees on the surface of the skin. But you know, in civil societies, we gave up burning people at the stake a long time ago. And now we have, <laughs> and now we have a technological application that doesn't create the same stench of flames affecting tissue, but has the same uh, dramatic torturing effect. And this is used for not just uh, foreign adversaries. This was funded also for domestic riot control purposes. And what they didn't tell the public is by changing the waveform, pulse rate, frequency, or any number of perimeters, you can have a much, much different effect. You can affect the brain, the heart, the liver, the lungs. You can do many, many well, things with the very same device driven by software and the push of a button. And it's a question of the intent of the operator. But you introduce a new piece of hardware, you have to have the story. And the story for the military is, it's just for heating. And I believe it's a lie because the technology is there and they would apply that technology, if not experimentally, as they're doing in the war, the war fronts that we're engaged in today to see what and how far they can go with these technologies. These same technologies, uh, might this go back even to, say, the days of Royal Rife when he was using his, uh, quote, energy technologies or frequency technologies to target a particular bacteria or organ in the body and help enhance the health of it? Is this not perhaps, is this a more sophisticated but, uh, in the conference. potential or version of that except with negative applications? Absolutely. You know, energy medicine is where the hope lies. You know, this is where the hope is to move from the chemical models to the electromagnetic models. You know, when you think about, you know, that transition, now you hear a little bit of movement because you talk, everybody talks about electrochemical models. You know, it's underlying all of the chemistry. And if you look at the how the biological sciences evolved, you know, people that had really good uh, um, training and, and talent in mathematics tend to go to the physics side of life. People that couldn't quite get the math, but were very brilliant, tended to move towards chemistry and the life sciences. And they kind of parted the waters there, which was a serious mistake because all chemical activity has an underlying um, uh, energetic um, on the physics level. You can do things here that then create changes in the chemistry. And this is where the disconnect um, that I think has been if you look at the papers uh, that have been published in the last say, 10 years, you see these things coming together as people understand that the underlying energetic exchanges have an impact on molecules and chemicals that then manifest themselves in, in health maladies. So, so consequently, if you think about how Westerners approach medicine, kind of look from the outside in, you look at the physical body, you might do some blood tests, you might do some imaging, but we don't do much more than that. If you think about Eastern medicine, it starts from an energetic level and works outward. 
takes a little longer. You know, things like acupuncture that are quite controversial in the, in the past have, have been quantified. You know, there's a, a device that we demonstrate that actually, where you can actually locate the points by measuring skin resistance differentials on the surface of the skin. You find all the acupuncture points. Well, even HMOs are now supporting payment of Absolutely. acupuncture in some of these. Because it works. Right. And it works profoundly without the chemicals uh, that can damage a liver and kidneys and the rest of our, our physiology. So it's not, it's not, the technology itself certainly is not evil. No. Um, it, it is simply being used in ways that are perhaps not for the highest investment of all at times and um just to wrap up that element of it how does one even know if these technologies are being used or if they're being subject to these technologies you don't that's the problem there's no regulation um there's no way to really tell as an individual um you would just assume it was it was you you know are there some signatures in how you would behave or feel or anything like that well i mean you feel obviously out of character but again you know people go through periods where they do that you know you might feel confused um some people would probably think they were losing mental faculties you know that, that, that it was um you know themselves nobody very few would ever suggest that it's something else now we hear from people all the time that assert that military is doing this to them and most of those folks are, are having other problems but i am sure that just based on the fact that our government's history in this area and then being caught a number of times in this area um, you know those experiments go on and the fact is if it doesn't happen within the boundaries of the united states it happens somewhere else where they feel the constitution doesn't apply so is it a blurry line between um experimenting on you said a half a million people over the course of the last few decades and uh, who might have been involved in the military or something feeling they had an empirical right because these were employees of sorts or groups that they felt they had an advantage over isn't it a fuzzy line to determining who else is going to be subject to it? Oh, ultimately, you know, ultimately when you start looking at all these technologies, you know, who are the targets? You know, the targets are obviously declared adversaries. But when you think about it, and again, going back to this kind of technology evolving, the temptation of political leaders is to get their views across, to get their issues pushed forward, not because they don't believe in them, quite the contrary. They believe vigorously in them. Would they use technology? I think so. So Big New Brzezinski thinks so, and he said so. You know, the fact is, when you think about the invasiveness of this technology, think about the basic values Americans hold in common. Think about the very First Amendment. You know, freedom of speech, assembly, religion are all predicated on one idea, freedom to think. The fact that we have technology that can interfere with that today demands regulation as a fundamental to the American character. Let's take it a step further. These technologies can also be used in a positive way to enhance our brain's functioning. And let's look at some of the positive applications. This is the most important, absolutely. And in the fact that the government withholds so much data that could be useful to life sciences has not stopped advances from being made. A, a good example is um, neurobiofeedback or brain biofeedback used for treating ADD, attention deficit disorder, children, hyperactive kids as well, stroke victims, addictive behaviors. And what they use is an eight or 16 channel EEG. So they have you know, it's kind of messy, gooey stuff all over your head. Well, they got new ones now. They're nice little helmets that you can wear. And you look at a computer screen, and in real time, you might see, like, for a little kid, a bouncing ball or a guy running a foot race. And the idea is to get the guy to win the race. And what they're really doing is training their own brains to 
fall into that range, that ideal uh, range of, of learning. And so what happens in Minneapolis school district, they did this with a charter school. And they took all the kids in there. They were all on Ritalin and other psychoactive drugs. They went through 30 to 41 hour sessions of this kind of training, put the hardware aside and they were off. 80% of the kids were off of those drugs. By the end of the first year, integrated back into regular ed programs. You can't say enough about what that did for those children, but, but think about it from everyone's standpoint. It costs two or three or four times more per year, every year to educate those kids otherwise in special education programs. If you can avoid that, this is a tremendous step in the right direction, and it's just one. Other areas where this, this technology has been advanced is light and sound devices. You know, these ideas that create a flickering light that the brain entrains to, and people go, well, how can a little flickering light do that? Do you remember a few years ago in Japan when 700 kids went to the hospital yes. with epileptic seizures from watching a cartoon? Now, it wasn't the energy concentration, because it's quite light. I mean, you put your hand up next to a color television set, you can feel static. You get back just an inch or two and it's, it's gone. Well, 10 feet away, they say it's perfectly safe. It was the flicker rate, the frequency, that window frequency of coherent energy that was sufficient to cause that chemical cascade in those 700 kids that led to epileptic seizures. Now, flickering light has been shown to do many things um, in terms of entrainment, but you can entrain to levels that get you into those deep states of meditative states. You can entrain for relaxation, for sleep. You can entrain to energize when you're a little bit lethargic, or you can entrain for specific learning applications. And so these technologies are out there. When you think about electromedicine as a, as a concept, electroacupuncture, electrolaser acupuncture has been developed and licensed in Europe, meeting challenges in Finland all the way to the highest court, uh, a good friend of mine, Rejo Michaela, before he passed away, took on that challenge. He treated 16,000 people with a method of electrolaser acupuncture. He was challenged by the medical authorities in Finland all the way to their high courts, and he won. There are 15 trained clinicians there providing this technology and expanding it. These are the things that really offer um, not the Pandora's box of the military, but the real hope. Uh, for many, many people, when you think about stroke victims recovery and being able to get back some of those faculties, I mean, all of us have, have met people or known people who've lived any length at all that could use this technology. And the fact is, um, it's not in the mainstream. Only a few school districts after being around for now 20 years, some of this stuff are integrating it. Some of the medicine um, that you're seeing now in terms of acupuncture moving into some of these other areas is just now starting to get into the mainstream, although it's been around uh, now for a couple of decades. It takes time. The biggest loss, the biggest criminal element is the idea that all the millions, all the billions that we spend in military research is withheld from the public for the health um, advantages that might be offered by the understanding of these types of technologies. And sound technology, you were talking about flickering lights, there are incredible advancements in sound technology, and one that I've had a little bit of exposure to that I, I think is just fabulous and simple is the Hemisync. Yeah, Hemisync was developed by um, Bob Monroe, and it's, it's one of those technologies we were pretty excited about, and we've, we've been excited about for a long time, and what it creates is whole brain coherence, where the whole brain actually resonates to that input signal. And here's the thing about, about hearing, you know, for using sound, it's a little tough, because to get those low-frequency low frequency signals, you know, we don't hear that low. So what Monroe figured out is that by sending a signal in, say, one, one ear at, say, 16,000 hertz or vibrations per second, one in at, say, 16,007, they cancel and leaves a beat frequency of seven that the brain locks onto. And as it locks onto it, both hemispheres 
energy distribution is about even. In other words, if you looked at it, just a normal brain activity, you'd see usually a lot of energy concentrated in one area of the brain on one side and the other kind of dead or vice versa. And there's this big argument, right brain, left brain, one's creative, one's analytical, and which is more important. They're both important and meant to work together. What hemiseq does is, is create that entrainment of both hemispheres where they both are working together and then they have specific uh, CDs that are designed to affect different things. So whether it's a uh, behavior modification they use in some cases to straight tones, other cases they use tones with suggestion. And the difference is their suggestions are audible. You can hear them all. They're not like uh, subliminals, which can be quite dangerous. The reason subliminals can be dangerous is word symbols are very, very powerful. If I say dog, for instance, some people feel real good about it. Others get gripped with fear because of experiences they've had with animals. So when you listen to subliminals and you don't know what's being said, remember these are bypassing the conscious. So if they conflict with your value system, conflicts and value systems at the subconscious level is the root of many forms of psychosis. So you want to know what's being put in. So hemisync I like because if they use words and in some they do you know exactly what words are going to be used they line up with your value systems or you don't use them. You know, the one i'm particularly fond of that i use to sit down and write a script and do my research well uh, through my ipod little headset um is uh one that has no words in it and you don't really hear the tone it's, it's more just sounds like really pretty music right very pleasant music except you feel incredibly uplifted and optimistic right and your brain is incredibly focused yeah, and these are exactly what they're designed to do. I mean, there's several designed for concentration for those kinds of applications. There's some designed for memory, relaxation, getting rid of bad habits, losing weight, increasing sex drive. I mean, it goes on and on and on. They have lots of material out there and they're cheap. I mean, that's the beauty of it. It's not like you got to invest hundreds and hundreds of dollars. These are things that cost 20 bucks and a CD lasts as long as the CD lasts. And there you are, you have something that you can apply to your specific need as an individual making the choice, not having it imposed upon you, and then utilize it to enhance your own performance. And in a technological age, we need more of that. And the nice thing about it is the more you use these technologies, the brain lays down its own pathways. And so your tendency is, on a, on a more frequent basis, you do it naturally. You know, with little kids, you see a lot more balance. As we bring them into so-called education, we see this shift where we treat little girls one way and little boys another way. And as a consequence, one brain gets developed uh, one side of the brain versus the other today a little less of that actually kind of mess them up equally nowadays but the point is by the end of high school there's very little uh, brain coherence with both hemispheres working together it, it very rarely do you see that and this is something that we need more of things that could be easily integrated into public education but could most certainly be integrated privately the thing about public education that's extremely important is as technologies evolve the way this is headed in the direction in which military sees it going is you'll be actually able to transfer full memory sets. They believe they're going to be able to model the brain in the next 10 to 15 years, where if you want to learn a language, instead of spending years doing it, you could download that language and have it in a few hours. Now, that is not science fiction today. I mean, that is the leading directions of many researchers today. How does that change the educational system? Very important because remember, education in the United States is compulsory, required in most states until you're 16. Parents don't set the curriculum, government does. For learning language, which is kind of neutral, that's one thing, or mathematics, which is kind of neutral. What about social studies? You know, what about social values? What's normal, what's right, what's wrong? Who's gonna decide that? And the problem is, as these systems evolve, 
in, a, in an environment of compulsory education, you don't get a choice. You get a, a, a scripted menu of someone else's system. And is that appropriate? Who should set values for children? Parents or governmental agencies? I don't care whether you're a liberal or a conservative, everyone agrees it's parents. And those that don't are sorely, sorely mistaken. The fact of the matter is, as the technologies evolve, we need more choice in education for parents to exercise where their kids eventually get their downloads. And it's going to be this generation that decides. And that means that we have to begin to educate ourselves as the technologies evolve, not once they arrive. And I think that's the challenge. I mean, for us, for the next five years, this area is so important because we know it takes about 20 to 25 years to migrate out of those uh, military industrial complex into the private sector. So we right now have time to make that difference. And I think it's a, a, a wonderful challenge because if we can look at these technologies from, a, from our own individual value set and expand what we're capable of as human beings, great great things are possible for humanity. We're in, we, we were designed to use the whole brain. Now we have technologies that can help us get there, and we should do that. If you're interested in these exotic and little-known technologies, you'll likely find the interview with Jerry E. Smith. Paraphrase Winston Churchill, the government is either at your feet or at your throat. And in some cases, they're in your head. Back in April of 2013, President Obama unveiled the Brain Initiative, a bold new research effort looking at the brain. The White House pledged to spend $100 million to study how our brains work. There's this enormous mystery uh, waiting to be unlocked. The Brain Initiative will change that by giving scientists the tools they need to get a dynamic picture of the brain in action and better understand how we think and how we learn and how we remember. Take a look at these pictures here. Scroll down a little bit. There's a bigger picture further down. It's a uh, diagram and it starts talking about electromagnetic effects on the human body. And it talks about psychoelectric weapons. Yeah, we've got, I mean, openly, Barack Obama spent $200 million on his brain project with DARPA. Yeah, let's see if we can hack into people's brains. Let's see if we can take away memories or implant false memories. And let's see if we can do it wirelessly. That's their big push right now. They don't want to have to, you know, take you in and jack into the back of your neck like the Matrix or stick a, do an operation and stick a probe into your head. No, they want to be able to do it remotely, wirelessly, without your perception. The Defense Advancement Research Projects Agency, or DARPA, is behind the sophisticated memory stimulator. While this is great news for those who have suffered brain injuries, some people see it in a different light. Manipulating memories in people could open up an ethical minefield. Did the government really take part in mind control experiments on soldiers? What kind of stories have you heard from the survivors of these experiments? I know you've had access to thousands of documents from the CIA. Well, it's just like you just said, there's two kind of streams of information. There's stories from survivors, and then there's the documents. So if I go to the documents first, they're very, very detailed, 15,000 pages uh, plus. And we're starting back in 1950 with projects called Artichoke and Bluebird. 
which were then rolled over into MK Ultra, which in turn was rolled over to MK Search, and then all the documents stopped in 1973. So in that era, 50 to 73, uh, there's a whole host of different types of mind control experiments, hypnosis, LSD, special interrogation chambers, and brain electrode implants. And so there's projects uh, in the CIA documents and in Army records. Forced memory blanking and induced erroneous actions. Another one, forced manipulation of airways, including externally controlled forced speech. They can make you say stuff that you don't want to say. Forced nudging of arm during delicate or messy work, causing injury or spills. Forced precision manipulation of hands, sometimes synced to the forced walking visions. Give you microwave hearing. <laughs> I guess so you can hear voices. Transparent eyelids. I don't know what that is. Transparent eyelids? Artificial tinnitus ringing in your ears. All this stuff. They're bragging about how they can do this. They call it the psychoelectronic weapon effects. And they got a little footnote down there that said, the first unclassified successful transmission of the human voice directly into the skull of a living person was performed by Dr. Joseph Sharp of the Walter Reed Army Institute of Research in 1974. Well, that's the first unclassified successful thing. Now, they've had classified stuff before that. Hundreds of people in the valley say they are hearing voices in their heads. Those voices are being transmitted by microwave or other methods. Well, several viewers asked us to investigate what they call electronic harassment. Our last words. Um, it's really unfortunate that I have to make this video. See, I am a victim of covert harassment uh, and electronic harassment and gang stalking. Um, I'm what's called a targeted individual. Electronic harassment, synthetic telepathy, voice-to-skull technology. Chances are you haven't heard of these terms, but after searching the internet, I found dozens of websites dedicated to the phenomenon and several Valley residents who say they're victims. How much more can you invade me than to go into my brain? It sounds like somebody else is reading the book, only it's thoughts. We're not having a group hallucination. This is actually something that's happening. These men all live in the area, didn't know each other before the voices started, and say someone is playing mind games with them. Uh, Michael Aquino, he worked for the NSA, uh, the NSA, and he wrote a book in 1980 called Mind War. And in that book, he talked about how they could use extremely low frequency to control people, control their minds. And, and you look at the stuff I just read to you. I mean, forced memory and forced movement of arms and forced speaking and all this kind of stuff. I mean, this is way beyond the MK Ultra program, Catcher in the Rye and LSD, folks. This is far more sophisticated. They've had decades to work on this stuff. And he wrote this book called Mind War in 1980, where he said, hey, we can use extremely low frequency on people, get them to do things. And then you remember, I uh, brought this up when we had the Navy Yard shooter because he was shooting people. He had been complaining about voices in his head. And he carved on the stock of his gun, this is my ELF weapon, extra low frequency. What those profilers are likely to begin seeing is a study in contradictions. Aaron Alexis was a convert to Buddhism, a 
A friend in Texas says he used to meditate with Alexis at the Buddhist temple in Fort Worth. So he's a good guy, you know, I mean, from, from what I know, you know, I can't say that he didn't or not, but well, while he's with me, it's nothing, it's nothing to be like, tell me that he's going to be a Christian. I was living in the San Diego area, uh, I was looking for a federal judge, and I noticed that I was being followed by a whole bunch of people. According to the websites, what Bond is describing is called gang stalking. He moved to Palm Springs to escape. I started hearing, as you'll hear, the, the hearing voices and what they'll call voice to skull or microwave. It's the stuff of a Hollywood movie, but a group of veterans has filed a lawsuit against the CIA and U.S. Army claiming that the government planted remote control devices in their brains. The claims relate to a government program at the U.S. Army's Edgewood Arsenal in Maryland, where scientists tested hundreds of chemical and biological substances on at least 7,800 servicemen. There's uh, research funded by the Office of Naval Research published in mainstream journals where electrodes are put in the brains of cats, dogs, and their behaviors controlled, and even human beings at uh, Harvard and Yale. It was not just one program back in the 50s, 60s, 70s. It was Harvard, uh, Yale, Tulane, UCLA. So we know there was more than one university involved, more than one branch of the military, more than one program for a fact. Okay, so did these people know what was happening to them? I mean, uh, in a lot of the articles I've read, it seemed like they kind of volunteered to be part of some sort of experiment, right? So there's all types of different experiments where no real consent was given. The people didn't really know what was going on. And they were basically tricked. So what exactly would the government do when they would control someone's mind? What could they make someone do when they manipulated their brains? Well, what it describes in the documents and in the published papers is uh, there's actually photographs of a 16-year-old girl. She's got a series of electrodes in her brain. Depending on which button's being pushed on the transmitter, she's either strumming her guitar, pounding furiously on the wall, or staring off into space. With the animals, they're actually directed to walk or swim to a target. So you can control... Uh, the actual physical motion and the mental state, how detailed and how fine-tuned that's gotten since 1970, again, I don't know because it's all classified. But it must have gotten a lot more developed. To many of you who find yourselves uh, the, the object of covert harassment, that there is hope and that you are not alone and that we are striving uh, to, uh, to find legislation uh, and we're working towards freedom for all. And when you look at this document that they sent him about psychoelectronic weapon effects, I looked at this at the bottom. Now, oh, this is kind of interesting. It breaks stuff down to get into the auditory cortex, 15 hertz, to get into the visual cortex, 25 hertz. I and mean, this is not uh, megahertz. Uh, unless I'm, yeah, this is hertz. This is not MZ. This is a hard read on this thing. But one of them, nine hertz. This is extremely low frequency. You know, you anything that is a, a it has to be 20 hertz or above for you to even hear a bass note. Anything below that, if you hear it, it's just going to be clicks. So, yeah, yeah, we have multiple data points here. But, hey, you're just a tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist if you believe their own documents that they put out here. So I had uh, a girl come to me uh, complaining of being stalked uh, and getting voices in her head. Uh, did a little checking. She, I had known the family. I had known the girl for some time. No history of mental illness, no drug history in the past. So I gave her the benefit of the doubt. 
uh, before sending her to a psychiatrist. Uh, <laughs> Um, did some checking, uh, did some bugging of her place with audio. Uh, she requested no uh, video cameras, but she did allow audio uh, and had some people driving around checking on her. And as it turns out, she was being stalked by a, a former FBI agent that runs a private investigative agency in San Antonio. They were um, breaking in, putting rohypnol in the bottled water and subliminally controlling her to drink where the drug was placed. Mind control technology is one of the most uh, common crimes, uh, at least vocalized or complained about on the internet today. Mm -hmm. It seems to be getting the least amount of coverage in the major media. DARPA has a sonic projector that was reported on in 2007. Of course, it had been around for quite some time before then. Army has something they call voice to skull. We got the Air Force using microwaves to create sounds at Brooks Air Force Base. We got the Marine Corps with their Medusa project. We've got the State Department, as reported by the Washington Post in 2005, working on voices implanted in people's heads. We've got a couple of companies, one that has patented something called Hypersound, that's American Technologies, has also got Holosonic Research Labs, also has a patented version. So the military-industrial complex has been all over this. When you see something this wide, this is not just one little research project from one organization. And this is something that five, ten years ago, it was being reported on in even mainstream press like the Washington Post, and yet nobody knows about this. The mm -hmm. Voice of God weapon, which is actually called S-Quad, or Silent Sound Spread Spectrum, was used in the first Operation Desert Storm. Um, that was one of those scenarios where 1,500 Iraqi soldiers disassembled their weapons, got to their knees, and surrendered to 150 Marines who didn't have enough slip ties to tie them all together because, and this was admitted, that they used S-Quad to put the voice of Allah in their heads to tell them to surrender. Wow. Um, before that, in the, in the mid to late 80s, five separate um, inmates from the Utah State Prison had written affidavits saying that they were put in solitary confinement and were experimented on with some type of electronic device that put voices in their head and all of them claimed that they could tell the voices of the people doing the experimentation on them were responding back to their thoughts. Paraphrase Winston Churchill.
Broadcasting the information the mainstream media won't touch. This is the Rishi Allen Show in association with DavidIke.com. I'm so excited that our first guest has agreed to come on the program. And I'll tell you why I'm excited. I received an email a few weeks ago from... radio show it's friday night 7 up 4 p.m central uh you're listening to united public radio 107.7 fm new orleans you can go to mitocopper.com m-i-t-o-c-o-p-p-e-r and they have apex products and uh a lot of people are buying this stuff because it's supposed to protect from getting sick and stuff but uh, you can go there and put in uh, Jeff777 for 10% off. And uh, we got Wham here with us tonight. She's under the weather, but strong enough to be here. Yeah. And, yep. And she's here for the first hour with uh, Dr. Robert Duncan. And then second hour, we're going to bring Joe Montado. He's on the seventh day of the flu. So we're going to have a... We're just at a play party. <laughs> I'm kidding. But I hope I don't get it. I've been worried about it. I've been taking a lot of vitamin C and stuff and just, you know, all that stuff going on with the other the corona thing. You know, I get naturally paranoid about that and thinking about it. So I've been trying not to. I've noticed when I look on the, like, I've tried to turn on, like, the news to find stuff about it. And I can't find it. It's like they never talk about it. They're talking about dead basketball players and all that Kobe Bryant stuff. But it's like I was just trying to find stuff, you know, to watch the news. It's like, I guess they're talking talking about it but every time i look they're not i figured they'd be talking about it more but google uh before they had google um uh and they're including spending money defense the cia defense advanced research project agency um for the cia i was a scientist just shuffled around to various projects even worked for the irs um it was kind of a pre-google uh, before they had Google, a um, uh, program uh, for them. Uh, I've worked for the uh, Army in robotic surgery and medicine, so we could keep uh, uh, the doctors out of harm's way, and they could perform surgery hundreds of miles away by putting their hands in gloves and a virtual reality headset. I've written the artificial intelligence code to track uh, everything uh, around the seas. Uh, obviously, submarines being the main one. Um, and uh, many other projects. So I've had an interesting career. I've worked with the Justice Department to uh, connect all the local, federal, state uh, databases. Um, and uh, I've uh, 
I've been researching for about over two decades uh, a topic called neuroweapons, and they're a type of information weapon directly into the human mind and nervous system. Uh, and they're incredibly complex. Uh, and so it's, it's difficult to get into the actual physics, neuroscience, uh, and artificial intelligence um, for your audience, uh, because it's the most sophisticated uh, weapon system ever created. Um, but uh, it is uh, very important because it uh, takes away the very ideology of free will, the very foundation of our constitution, of religion, of crime and punishment. Uh, everything gets overthrown. The body is not uh, in charge of uh, what it does. Uh, and so I think that's what we're going to talk about today. Well, definitely, when it comes to the government having this technology, I mean, I would like to hope that they just use it on war type stuff, which I'm sure that's laughable. But I know I've seen things where I've heard about things where they can disperse crowds that are going crazy, protesters. I've heard some rumors about it being used about the Iraq war to make all them surrender and stuff like that. They use it for war type stuff, but also on the own citizens, right? They do, and uh, that's why I got involved, is I, I could not stand to see some of my own work being uh, illegally, treasonously uh, used against my own citizens and, uh, you know, crimes against humanity. So, for example, they want to take away gun rights. Uh, what they do is they, they activate, and I'll just use an old term, some Manchurian candidates or sleeper cells uh, to go on church or killings or schoolyard killings. Uh, and uh, then the public will react. And then, of course, uh, they'll, they'll slowly erode gun rights. And that's how they socially engineer society. And it's so indirect uh, because the news will never tell you what the real motive was behind the shooters and there's a reason for that they don't want copycat killers uh, but they also don't want the public to put together uh this kind of puzzle uh that uh, uh, that there's an indirect army of uh of mind controlled assassins i call them or psycho bombs it's definitely, I know, I've always heard that I get watched because of this show, some of the topics we cover and stuff, and a lot of that's mostly like weird UFO stuff and things like that, but I actually had a, a, a point in time where I had evidence that they were, I had been on the phone on a landline and I said I was going to turn off my phone because of financial stuff that was going on and then suddenly out of nowhere that someone put a two thousand dollar credit on that phone to keep it on and now it was no one i knew because first off no one i knew had two thousand grand just say here here you go and if they did they would have mentioned it to me for sure but some kind of agency put it on that phone to keep it going and i mean i don't do anything illegal i do the show and we talk about weird stuff like i've had air force captain robert salas who wrote a book about UFOs shutting down missile silos, and he's still enlisted, and it's just weird that, I guess, I don't know if you have to ask permission to put that kind of stuff out, but he did, and he's still enlisted, 
And uh, it was about some UFO stuff and something that happened at his base or something like that. Well, but, can I talk about a little UFO stuff, what I know about it? Sure, uh, sure. This, this, this may go against everything that he told you and everyone else has told you, but um, uh, we, we have a, a, a weapon system called the Directed Energy Weapons. And like a laser light show in a sky, we can ionize uh, the points of intersection to make them look like glowing orbs. We can make the orbs split apart. We can make them go faster than airplanes and shoot up. And the reason uh, there's such a great uh, weapon of distraction is because when you ionize the air, the oxygen and nitrogen molecules, you know, they, they visibly glow, but they also are picked up on radar. So you can make an enemy believed an entire fleet of planes are attacking from a certain direction. So they launch all their planes and then you just shut off the laser light show. They don't exist anymore and you're attacking from the other direction. So a lot of people see these glowing orbs and that's just a weapon system that we've developed over many years. And they use the UFO phenomenon uh, uh, to so people don't discuss this as if it's uh, as a real military weapon. Um, in fact, in Area 51, it, it was a giant something, but uh, one we don't tell the lower-ranking uh, airplane fighters about a lot of our technology that we do. Um, so that they will report it as a UFO. And uh, I think it was in the 1950s, we used to use giant weather balloons, kind of made of uh, a solar reflective material we call space blankets, mylar. And uh, they go higher in the atmosphere than most planes can. So one, one fighter pilot died because he was chasing what he thought was, you know, a UFO. And... Uh, uh, air, um, uh, 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 hot air balloons can go higher than planes can. They can skim on the outer uh, edge of the atmosphere. And so he ended up passing out and dying. Um, and uh, what it was is we used those one sure with old old cameras we used to attach to them. But more importantly, they reflected radar. They were the first sort of satellites so it could see over the horizon of the Earth's curvature. Um, so a lot of mythology has come out about uh, the UFO phenomenon, which can be explained by military weapons. Area 51, they purposely set up uh, a fake alien autopsy, uh, left the blinds open, knowing some of the people would take a peek and then you know, they're not supposed to tell their story, but of course they knew that they would. And then they, uh, that's kind of how a lot of the alien uh, uh, conspiracy stuff started. Um, so they probably gave you a $2,000 budget because they want you to continue talking about it uh, rather than pointing the finger back, back, back to them. Well, I do believe that, though, like you said, I agree that there's a lot of shenanigans about the UFO subject. I don't I don't think it all is, but I mean, I mean, you can go far back to Native Americans and star people when they have chronicle stories, but all that's debatable, of course. But more modern UFO stuff, I, I definitely 
hopefully can see the government, you know, manipulating that. One thing that was interesting that happened to me when you're talking about those orbs, I've seen that kind of stuff plenty of times at a house in Georgia. And during that time, I had some kind of silent type helicopter come out of us, more like, like a cockpit. And it was clear up front, but I couldn't see rotors. It made no noise. And this guy waved mockingly in like an Air Force uniform. It was like it came out during all that and kind of like mockingly, you know, hey, how you doing? And it shot off in the air. So I wonder, too, I know uh, Kirsten had said something about them. Some technology can make you see aliens and stuff. Is there stuff like that that can make you like see it? I've never seen a gray or anything, but is there oh, something yeah. that can make you see that kind of stuff or think you are? Yes, and that gets back into neuroweapons. Um uh, the psychologists call it the uh, working mind space. Um, it's what we do like when we daydream. We can see images and pictures. It's our third eye, if you will. And uh, that third eye can, in certain circumstances, overpower the interpretation of the visual of the, the senses, the real visual uh, neural connections. And uh, they can plant any images in that third eye they want, and they're just as believable. Uh, we, the, we can overpower all senses. We can create false sense of touch, make you think ghosts are touching you. We can you know, create smells uh, that aren't really there, uh, tastes. Um, and uh, so you can imagine all the trickery that we're capable of doing uh, from hauntings to uh, uh, being beamed up by aliens, being anal probed. Uh, so unfortunately, it gets into very dark topics of uh, trauma-based conditioning. We do remotely um, rape, torture, etc. The brain doesn't distinguish between these signals. Um, and so at the comfort of your own home, uh, it's as if they brought you into a lab for alien dissection and, and whatnot. That is a trip. I know there's that story. I don't know if you ever heard Paul Benowitz. I know Greg Bishop wrote a book about him, but he was a guy that had a lot of UFO stuff happen. Then the military came out and somehow it was their secret stuff and they fed him this weird alien story and he eventually i don't know if he took his own life i'd have to have the book somewhere but it kind of led down there was a, a movie about mirage men that, in a book or a documentary but just a guy that thought he was seeing alien stuff in the military was like feeding it telling him he was but it was really their weird you know top secret yeah. stuff yeah i mean even the russians write about that they have this technology and they call it uh, psychic warfare and now it's not quite a lie but we have psychic just means of the mind so yes it is mind warfare but um, the, we at least the way in the, I grew up psychic kind of was uh, mythology uh, uh, it wasn't uh, real nothing there's no natural psychics just based on probabilities um, but they they have weapons that can make you hallucinate, for example, at certain frequencies, and it's causing um, various neurotransmitters to be released in the brain. So it's an artificial drug, electromagnetic drug, and I'm surprised there isn't a trillion dollar 
drug dealer out there yet investing this technology because you, you can uh, you can tune in all sorts of effects into the brain without actually having any chemical in your system. So what kind of resistance did you get from, you know, these agencies when you went rogue, so to speak? I mean, yeah. you had some resistance, uh, right? Yeah. No, I, I was receiving at least three death threats to me and my family, uh, mail tampering, you name it. Uh, you know, they, they made sure that uh, they were very unhappy with what I was doing. Um, but at some point, you realize, you know what, uh, this, this is a cause worth dying for. This is something so groundbreaking and will affect every human on earth and is so disgusting how it's being used in secret that i uh, you know i'm willing to give my life uh, in order to tell the truth uh and now it's been you know i've been doing this for 20 years my family's all alive they're unharmed so uh almost everything was a, a false threat and you can't live your life in fear fear is how they rule you um, and so, uh, yeah, there, there were repercussions, but uh, nothing too major. I first heard about targeted individuals from that Jesse Ventura conspiracy theory show. That's when I first, I didn't, I never heard of it ever until he did some weird, you know, show on it and went busting through doors like he does and all that stuff. <laughs> That's when I first had heard about it. And, uh, I mean, <laughs> I know on that show it talked about like cell phone towers zapping people and do they use that kind of stuff to get to people? Is that uh, a web weaponized like these towers and stuff? You know, it, it could be, but uh, what uh, all my research goes back to about uh, the Cold War era, about 1960s, uh, after Kennedy was assassinated, um, is when it seems to have come online. And uh, we didn't have any satellites back then. We didn't have cell phones. So uh, this whole thing can be done uh, without modern technology. Now, of course, the integration of all these systems uh, from satellites to cell phone towers are all part of the integrated surveillance systems of humans now. But in terms of integrating minds, uh, it is not necessary. And so Dr. Nick Baggage wrote a brilliant book called Angels Don't Play This Harp. Uh, and harp is a giant phased array in Alaska. We have them all over the world uh, and they bounce their signal off the ionosphere and can reach all ends of the globe. So that's uh, ground-based satellites uh, or radar is more the more likely suspect. Um, but with 5G, once they convince all the humans they need implants so they don't need keys or credit cards and money, uh, will be necessary for full brain linkage. And that's what I study is uh, brain nets or hive minds, uh, increasing intelligences, uh, finding trust levels. How? Think of each human on Earth as just one neuron, like in your brain. Well, we're connecting up the brains into one giant mind. Now, each cell may not be aware of the gestalt of this bigger mind, but they will be at some level part of it in its computing power. 
so the voice of uh, God is that the satellite stuff too? Is what they just put like uh, thoughts in your head? That voice of God weapon? Yeah, that that's actually uh, several weapons. Um, so there's uh, LRAD, which is long range acoustical device. Uh, which uses sound wave pressures, but directed uh, high intensity. And that, again, is a voice of God weapon, but that's using kind of traditional knowledge of physics and acoustics. Uh, there are, there's the audio spotlight. Uh, there's uh, the ones that are more uh, that people haven't experienced before. They're a little more secret. Are something the army called V2K, but they took it off their military website uh, due to all the experiments on humans. And that uses a microwave hearing effect, which actually vibrates the brain with heat pulses that you hear in your inner ear. And so plugging your ears doesn't do any good. Um, and uh, recently, MIT came out with uh, one which isn't really new, but uh, it is new for the civilian population. Um, uh, and it's a laser heterodyning effect where it heats the water molecules, even in dry air, there's still water molecules, which then uh, causes vibrations into the ear. And it's uh, specific to an individual. So there are lots of voice to God technologies, voice of God technologies out there. And you can imagine why they call it that. 95% uh, of the population is religious to some extent. So uh, if they think God is talking, telling them to kill their first son, I think, you know, or something like that, or uh, the vanity, that's where they got the name Voice of God. In this case, we did use the Model 4. Uh, this is all uh, lay down your arms. Uh, Americans are the good guys. You know? um, so, yeah, lots of uses. You don't know how it's technology works. It's all based on trickery. I know there's a lot of talk always about uh, false flag, you know, alien invasion type stuff. I mean, that's very, very popular. I mean, we kind of have a smaller scale. Yes, yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, Project Bluebeam, if you want to look it up. Uh, what uh, I think too many people know about it. Um, but NASA actually came up with the idea that, you know, project holograms in the sky of God's face. Uh, this is the end of times uh, and um, uh, a whole bunch of effects, the voice of God effect over the population in every language um, on earth. And, and I don't know if they're going to still try it, uh, but uh, um, they're using the Christian religion uh, to model it after. And this is all New World Order stuff. They want one religion, one language, one currency, uh, just to try to unify the world, one government, one set of rules. Um, and my personal opinion about that, I, you know, I, I'm all American, but I, I traveled the world because I want to see different cultures. I want to experience uh, variety. Uh, so I don't like the idea of conforming the entire world to have a McDonald's on every corner myself. But it's, uh, <laughs> Definitely. Uh, 
definitely. Well, uh, Wham, did you want to ask anything, or are you just observing? <laughs> well, I, I will try. Wanna... I will try to ask something. I'm hoping. Okay. Hoping okay. the guests can hear me. Yeah. Um, so, so I, 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 you may have made some comment about this that I didn't hear because I had to leave a couple times because of coughing fits. But, um, so. I know that the, at least originally, I don't know what the policy is now, but I know originally the agency policy was um, that that there were no, there were no actual paranormal events, as you say, or psychic events. Um, so, is, so, Am I to am I to conclude from that 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 um, that you feel that way too, or you believe that way too, or that that was just the official position? Because a lot of these things have been going on long before yeah. they, they got weaponized. So now, I, I do not know. I've studied the Russian research as, and which is more open than the American research. Uh, you know, back in the 70s, uh, extrasensory perception, uh, radionics, it, it goes by a lot of different names. We spent a lot of money trying to, you know, figure out how how are people doing these tricks. Now, I read one CIA report or DIA report that said every Russian who was pulling off spoon bending and everything else, uh, it was all magic trickery uh your usual magic and um in terms of mind it was something uh that near the other person's body bioelectric information was being passed uh especially like holding hands the heart rhythms then started going to sync um how well the science was done i don't know but I do know synthetic telepathy, sort of this amplification of perhaps a natural ability, is very real. Um, so I can only vouch for the scientific method of synthetic telepathy and creating literally extra senses in the human. So that's what the, uh, uh, you can imagine having two minds running some software on one brain there are two of you and one mind uh, and your brain has been rewired to feel uh, the other, I call it the empathy machine, the other person's feelings, thoughts, visual sight, taste. Uh, now imagine if you scaled that empathy machine and you hooked up six people. Every time someone stubbed their toe, everyone would feel the pain. Now, would that make us a better society? We would help care for each other? Uh, or would we all be in pain and, and pissed off at our extended bodies? Now, they did an experiment with the, the, the Army, uh, was the main uh, provider of the funds, to cybernetically hook up a little girl and an ape. And they were hoping uh, over time, the ape would recognize the little girl's an extension of itself. Their brains are connected. So they put the little girl in a cage and the ape tore to pieces. Uh, so we have difficult uh, adding part, body parts, so to speak. Uh, if you lose an arm, your other, you know, or your sense of sight, 
your other senses, your brain will readapt and the other senses become sharper, uh, more distinct, and you rely on those. Now, we've done it on monkeys. We've added third robotic arms with uh, implants, and the monkey learns to use the robot, the third robotic arm to feed itself. So the brain is very plastic, and we create all different types of new alien-like uh, species from this, but they're all made man-made from here on Earth. Um, but uh, so I think I answered your question that do I believe that there's real psychic abilities? <laughs> I, I would say at this day and age, um, most of what we call psychic abilities is actually the brain modeling another human's brain so it's like if you spend you're married and you spend a lot of time with uh, your partner and you can you can almost complete each other's sentences well is that psychic no we you modeled the speaking patterns of the other person and the way they think uh so it's predictive modeling uh and a lot of the chatterbox and conversation bots are used a similar uh, method uh, that's called Markov modeling, if you want the mathematical name of it. Well, I was also asking about other types of paranormal phenomena, such as UFOs. I mean, I, I read the Haynes report, you know, when it came out, I guess it was in the early 2000s. Hold on for a second. I know there was a uh, project, project uh, Blue Books. Uh, of course, everybody knows the show and stuff, but they have you know some UFO type stuff programs to study UFO things like that from back in the day. Uh, which was found all that. All that was released by Canadian governments, U.S. governments, um, all all the research on UFOs. But even the experts who piled through that it was still very, and it was just uh, testimonies. And uh, I gotta ask you, uh, what do you think about all this coronavirus stuff? I'm just kind of curious what your brain thinks about it. Do you think it's a bio weapon, or is there anything you know that that terrible behind it? Oh, and now I'm just speculating uh, at this point. Um, uh, even the Simpsons had an episode 20 years ago about the coronavirus. You know how they're kind of predictive. They're yeah, yeah, weird. Um, and uh, I think you know I am a bit of conspiracy theorist. I think. Uh, World Trade Center 7 was definitely demolitions. Uh, I, I think that uh, HIV was a man-made bioweapon. Uh, I think uh, was Corona and, and a lot of the fires, I think, were the Star Wars defense systems, lasers from space uh, causing fires. But uh, do I think the coronavirus was... Well, what's interesting, this is the only thing I can validate uh, that of some an event similar. Anything we make in the military will eventually leak out. Um, and so during 9-11, remember those anthrax 
uh, letters or mailed to senators, yes. we, we track the DNA of the anthrax back to a U.S. and some guy from there was mailing. Um, so, uh, in, in where this coronavirus came from, it is interesting. The Chinese do have two bioweapons labs there, so could it have leaked out from there? Uh, anything possible. Uh, but I think it was done by mistake and not intentionally. Um, and nor do I think this will be an ultimate pandemic. We already have some of the tears uh, and vaccines ready. Uh, so if anything, it's uh, it was a good warning because they have to downsize the human race somehow. Uh, and it's better than nuclear war. You don't destroy buildings, but um, so blame it on naturally occurring viruses in the environment. So a plague would probably be the best choice if you want Yeah. I know you mentioned the fires in California and everything like that. I mean, who do you think is doing that? You think it's like uh, darker parts of our government or foreign enemies or something? Well, I, I could, again, I'm just, I have no evidence of this. So uh, possible speculation is uh, we didn't get it on our news, but a huge chunk of Russia burned down. And also one of their bioweapons labs exploded or nuclear labs explode. Yeah, and so I think it was a quid pro quo uh, type thing, like, okay, we have space lasers too, you know? Um, and that's the problem with this. Even as a child, I built a CO2 laser that could start a forest fire a mile away. Um, what a great environmental terrorist weapon, and that's when I was a child. So what can governments do? Uh, quite a bit more. I know there's been, there's been, I've heard people try to tie crop circles into those satellites, like, can they do that kind of stuff from space with a satellite, like make those crop circles and stuff? Oh, that's, that's a good question. So I went, uh, and I don't like taking away mysteries from people, but so I, I went to uh, England uh, where they get a lot of crop circles and uh, spoke uh, the basis of project. And I happened to meet a guy, uh, he was my driver to the speaking events, and he was busted for making crop circles. I'm like, well, how many crop circles did you make and how did you make them? He's like, oh, about a hundred and they, he finally, the farmer caught him and uh, the, the judge fined him 30 pounds, which is like, you know, 40 bucks US. Um, and he said, don't do it again. But the reason it was such a low fine is because he brought so much tourism into the town. And it was interesting. He, he used a few people string uh to measure things out i mean quite brilliant in artwork that he did now there was another crop circle at burning man an event in nevada in the united states that was 10 miles across five miles across they actually used higher technology uh it was a uh, gps guided uh robot basically and they just laid out the pattern and it scraped it into the dirt uh, and it was some beautiful pattern of fractals and everything. Um, yeah. So that's what I know about uh, crop circles. Um, 
could they do it by satellites from space? Uh, I don't know. It would it would leave too much. It would cause fires. So I don't think so. This is my guess. I think they're all man-made. And then, uh, what were some of the things that you've worked on? I mean, you actually worked on that kind of technology. I know you had said something. If anything, you think it's alien? I probably helped create it. What do you mean by that? Oh. Uh, well, I mean, uh, I, there's nothing that I have seen uh, that on this earth that I cannot explain through science and technology, and uh, especially the secret dark sciences. Um, even if, let's say, I was introduced to some weird creature, I would just say that's a, some, somebody's been playing with their CRISPR machine, which is genetic engineering. Uh, I wouldn't say it came from another planet. So it may be my bias as a scientist that I can always find uh, an explanation of why something happened or exists. One of the weirdest theories I had, this guy, uh, was his name, Bill Bean. He's on coast. He's a spiritual warfare minister type. But he said all those beings like Bigfoot and Dogman and Mothman, it's alien, like satanic aliens playing in their labs, which I don't know if that's true or not, but it's damn sure creepy. But, I mean, we've heard stories of, you know, Greek gods making, you know, the chimeras, and we have those stories now, them doing weird stuff to pigs or whatever. I mean, are there, does our government make weird mothmans and stuff in labs and mess with oh, them? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, the Chinese government, for example, uh, they had their doctor recently put in prison, but he worked for the government. Uh, he went to Stanford University, uh, went back to China, and he was creating genetically engineered human babies, which, uh, you know, we've been doing for a long time in order to create super soldiers uh, yeah. that are stronger, et cetera, et cetera. So this, this isn't really anything new, but I think it's because he published his work that there was huge outrage and they uh, put him in prison for three years. Um, I, they didn't kill the babies. But, uh, you know, so they'll grow up and have kids, and we've altered the gene pool in some sort of way. Um, but, yeah, they do those kind of experiments all the time, and that's the stuff that is, you know, every human believes that is just wrong because we're making ourselves obsolete. We like to think we're the highest species on the planet and um, want to maintain that position. And then I've heard a lot of stories around military bases. They've had like weird UFO, not saying it's aliens, but also like weird Bigfoot sightings and stuff. I know a lot of those have been around uh, military bases, which, you know, one of the big things I've seen a lot of, and I've mentioned this Tom Blue in the face since uh, I was healed from cancer when I was 17 and my dad died, I started to see these beings of light. Saw them leave my house, saw them in the heavens. And I don't know if they're really like, spirits or what i mean for all i know it could be government doing weird weird stuff i don't know but i've seen them and i know there was a weird story about russian cosmonauts seeing an angels in space or something and they told them to turn back which i don't know if that's true or not there's so much crap out there i, I know <laughs> uh, we all want to believe you know in something uh aliens or god watching over us you know we, we're, we're very likely to kill ourselves the way we're going and uh, 
or military industrial complex. So it's a nice thought, but one thing I've noticed, I've interviewed over 2000 people, TIs, targeted individuals, who are basically told they're part of the government's uh, assets now, they've been drafted, their minds and bodies. Um, and the ones they seem to take are going through a very bad period of their life. They're very depressed. And then it's, it's kind of a first-washing experiments uh, done by Dr. Ewan Cameron, uh, I think it was uh, Montreal University, was CIA-funded, and he experimented on uh, housewives with mild depression. And he, he would break them down, use two-tape, track loops, your mother hates you, give them LSD, make them sleep for, you know, sleep deprivation for a week and then make them sleep for a week. And and eventually his best project, uh, the woman was able to sue uh, the U.S. government for it, but they're hard to sue. And uh, she was turned, she was about 35 and she had to learn how to be potty trained again and talk again. They completely washed her mind clean of all previous memories. Um, so that was their greatest success. What, so what are these parts of the government that do this? I mean, it's just like weird, you know, they say deep state and stuff. I mean, is that what it is? I mean, it's just so hard that they're just sitting back doing this to their own citizens. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it is, but we have a long history of it. Uh, let's look at the Navy, for example, released a biological weapon on San Francisco, Operation Seabreeze, I think it was called. Uh, it was kind of a non-lethal virus, but they were happy and infected 99% of all the citizens. Um, uh, you know, we, we gave syphilis. They usually do it to people without uh, a voice. We used to experiment on prisoners quite a bit. We had to pass laws against that. Uh, I know when I was working with them, uh, we would use the Massachusetts General Hospital. I would go in there with the guys with the blank, and uh, we'd talk to the doctors, say, hey, we need some patients to experiment with for our Soldier 2000 project. And uh, the doctor's more happy to give us all their dementia patients for, uh, wow. for use. Um, so, yes, it really does go on. It's terrifying. Like the, the Tuskegee Airmen and all that crazy. And God yeah. knows what we've done to other countries. I mean, you know, I've heard you know, just so many different things that we do to other countries. It's just completely a horror movie is what it sounds like. Um, and I always think of the smoking man from X-Files for some reason. We yeah. about, uh, <laughs> uh, this is a smoking man. He's doing it. But I have to wonder if, you know, I, some of my stuff was brought on from some of their stuff, especially seeing that weird silent aerial vehicle like that. I mean, that's what makes me wonder, you know, question everything. Why was it there when I was seeing UFO stuff? And it was a dude in the Air Force, like uniform, mockingly waving and it shot away. So who knows? But I don't know if you have you ever heard of that Paul Benowitz case. Uh, I know Greg Bishop did a book, uh, Project Beta. And uh, we talked to the doctors, say, hey, we need some patients to experiment with for our Soldier 2000 project. And uh, the doctors more happy to give us all their dementia patients for uh, wow. for use. Um, so yes, it really does go on. It's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's a horror movie.
Like this is the Tuskegee Airmen and all that crazy, and God yeah. knows what we've done to other countries. I've you know I've heard you know just so many different things that we do to other countries. It's just completely a horror movie, is what it sounds like. Um, and I always think of the Smoking Man from X Files for some reason. We yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is Smoking Man. He's doing it. But I have to wonder if you know I, some of my stuff was brought on from some of their stuff especially seeing that weird silent aerial vehicle like that i mean that's what makes me wonder you know question everything why was it there when i was seeing ufo stuff and it was a dude in the air force like uniform mockingly waving and it shot away so who knows but i don't know if you have you ever heard of that paul benowitz case that i know greg bishop did a book uh project beta or something but his name's paul benowitz but there's also a documentary and a book called mirage men and it's about basically the government doing weird ufo stuff to people you know that type stuff but paul benowitz you should look him up if you yeah that sounds interesting um yeah the the alien abduction stuff was we do have certain frequencies uh that can paralyze a person and puts their brain in a sort of hypnotic state and these are most of them are hypnotic weapons um uh the ci's oldest known weapon is called rehit remote hypnotic intercerebral control and uh it uh, it makes you feel like an alien force has taken over your nervous system and um you know if you've never experienced it before and you don't know what it was of course you assume it's a spirit of god a demon possessing you With whatever you know they want to make you believe um but uh, no you're 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 just an experiment to see how do you think these programs have decreased as far as uh, happening i mean are they still happening full force yeah yeah in fact they're increasing um i'm hoping this information out there
but uh, it's not going to be done by states like it was before. So uh, I'm not sure how it could happen. Uh, the NSA tracks everybody and everything, so they can make sure how we can organize a civil war. So I, I don't think that can truly happen in that sense. Um, but it does seem like, um, ooh, I mean, just look at the national debt. I mean, you can continue printing more money, but you're, you know, America's going to go bankrupt. So, yeah. and they know this. So, what, what are their options? A world war can wipe the slate clean. And we're, so I think we're headed towards a world war rather than a civil war. Plus, world wars uh, bring people together, you know, tribes and make them feel more secure. So, I think that's what we're planning. I think they're going to do it to avoid the impeachment thing and keep him in there longer or something. He even jokes about it. So, I mean, it's oh, like, I'm going to stay in there forever. Oh, I, <laughs> I haven't heard that. No. Yeah, he's made little jokes about staying in there longer in two terms, for sure. I, I don't understand what he gets from it, though, because he does give away his, you know, 400K salary a year to charities. Uh, so, and it, it's a very stressful job. He's trolling so, liberals. That's what he's getting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but let's take that Virginia situation, for example, where everybody, I mean, they were revving that up. Civil War, you know, the whole Virginia taking my guns and that Democrat governor that was a dick or whatever, yeah. that whole situation. Do you think they were aiming those type weapons to destabilize that? Is that something they would try to aim oh, this technology at no. to keep it from happening? Now, it's, I <clears throat> I know some Marines that were at that march, and everything was peaceful. But usually, what uh, the government, if they have an agenda, they put, uh, oh, I forgot what they're called. But anyway, uh, some guys in there to destabilize it, fire their gun or something. And everyone yeah. starts shooting, uh, and that's usually the way they go about it and to show these people are dangerous who own guns. And, um, but no one did that. Uh, it went off completely peacefully, and uh, so. Um, but they do have a weapon to calm the public down. I think. Uh, I think their goal is the opposite. So I, I would have thought they would put agitation weapons on them, and. Uh, what one colonel called, we can create white hot anger in anyone. Uh, so I thought they would have used that uh, instead. But um, everything went well. So I don't get people that want a civil war. Like for anything I've ever seen about civil war, like there was this movie by this Australian lady, The Nightingale, and she also did a horror movie called The Babadook, but it was about the Aboriginals and British and like this Irish lady yeah. got raped and she went to go kill him. But it was really good. It was called Nightingale. But anyway, from what I've seen in civil war, it's just like a bunch of angry white dudes raping people. <laughs> it sounds uh, like, I mean, it's, it's horrible. I don't want a civil war. <laughs> But that movie yeah. was really yeah. good, Nightingale. If you were looking for a good one, that was so good. But it, it took place like in the old Goldie days with the Aboriginals and some crazy British guy and a mean ass Irish lady that got vengeance. It's like but, Civil War type stuff. Well, you know, um, it, it seems like because of the class divide, the rich between the poor, uh, a Civil War would be sort of like 
all all the poor people getting together, killing off the rich people, and having their money redistributed or something. I I think it would probably happen that way rather than uh, you know liberals against conservatives or whatever. That would be um, too hard to do. Like, yeah, I mean, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd be too hard to organize. So uh, I, I don't know how it could happen. I don't know. Um, but I, I do know there are a lot of pissed off people. <laughs> they don't know where to direct their anger. <laughs> it's definitely crazy as hell. That's for sure. There's no doubt about it. It's nuts. Nuts. I think it's just going to get crazier by election time. Something that's going to be the pivot point is, and I don't, you know, I don't really like either party anymore. Uh, I know I was kind of a Bernie type person. I know I'm a commie. I'm a commie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> commie, die. Like someone told me, I can't believe you have a Bernie sticker on your mailbox. That's 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 heroic for the area I live in to have that. I was like, it is? I'm going to die for a Bernie sticker? <laughs> but uh, I don't think it's going to be civil war, but I'm more concerned about ecological stuff. That's like the plate shift or something that's what's going to reset stuff the play yeah it's so much ecological yeah crazy. yeah you know we we our populations have, have grown to such a point that it's uh the earth is very small and it only has so many resources uh and um, population growth is you know climbing from 8 billion to 20 billion soon and um so we have to first get kind of slow down growth of the population um, um there yeah there there's so many issues i like to uh, to personify mother earth Gaya, uh and say if we become a virus upon her she will fight back and uh, even out the uh, the numbers so i'm i'm not too concerned yet i, I the only thing i just don't want a weapon of mass destruction use like viral warfare over the population or uh, full-on nuclear warfare or, or radiological warfare or bacterial warfare or you know any number nano warfare and there's so many different ways humans can kill uh, all life as we know it and uh, that's what we want to avoid yeah. uh, i know when the iran stuff happened recently that whole night was just like i was freaking out like it felt like we we're about to start but yeah then i have to wonder if they're like all on the phone arranging this you know and laughing about it or something for theatrics between countries or something but that was definitely scary i mean you could we was, it was on the cusp of it it was definitely yeah. armageddon on the news yeah. <laughs> and then it just no, kind of died not. off just kind of simmered down i guess it's strange but hopefully no more of that stuff i don't i can't I don't know if i can take it <laughs> just turn off your tv <laughs> yeah i try i hadn't watched the news in a while but when that happened i turned it on but and then even then i got nauseous just watching it you know it makes you yeah. nauseous well we're uh, wham are you are you, you doing okay we're going to be closing I'm, out I'm, I'm I'm just listening. I obviously can't talk very much, so that's what I figured. I just wanted to check on you, but we're going to be closing out right uh, pretty like right now, just about. And well, Robert, is there anything you'd like to say in closing, or give out any website stuff, or you know, what? Um, 
Sure. Is there any of your listeners that are suffering from these types of uh, what or you think you may be a targeted individual and you're looking for support groups and other people who share similar experiences of, you know, voices are talking to you, you're getting zapped or, or raped in the night or having, you know, horrific dreams. Uh, I recommend an organization called Tax International. That stands for People Against. Covert uh, torture and surveillance, um, and uh, you know I'm trying to bring awareness to neural weapons. Uh, these are quite real. Our government plays dumb that they're not; they don't exist. Yet uh, every president is invested in the brain. You know, brain projects, a year of the brain, etc. After or raped in the night or having you know horrific dreams. Uh, I recommend an organization called Tax International. That stands for People Against Covert uh, Torture and Surveillance. Um, and uh, you know, I'm trying to bring awareness to neural weapons. Uh, these are quite real. Our government plays dumb that they're not; they don't exist. Yet uh, every president is invested in the brain. You know, brain projects, a year of the brain, etc. Um, we've been cognitively modeling brains. We are at the cusp of immortality for some, um, and uh, this is a, a very important topic to look into. It affects all mankind's future. That's it. That's all that's. Uh, well, I appreciate it so much, and thanks to Kirsten Conklin for uh, the hookup here. I've really enjoyed it, and I'd to definitely get you on again sometime. But this is—I'm kind of new to this subject matter, but it's definitely fascinating, and I definitely believe it's an issue. And it's—I'm glad that you're passionate and helping to expose it. And if there's anything else I could do to help, you know, getting the word out about anything, just let me know. Well, thank you, Jeffrey. I appreciate it. Uh, it was a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you. Uh, have a have a good weekend, and everybody, uh, Wham! Thanks for being here, and thanks. I hope you feel, you feel better. And I, I hope, hope so I too. I hope Joe feels better. I hope I don't get the Wu Tang virus because I don't. I I try to use humor to deal with that stuff. It's the only thing I know to do. So I've been calling it Wu Tang virus, like the rap the rap band, the Wu Tang instead of Wu Hang. But but it's definitely terrifying. I hope it doesn't get any worse here for sure. And I've had the flu before. I've never had pneumonia, but I, I imagine that's so much worse. It's like, uh, I don't know, like real bad bronchitis type stuff, right? We are worse than that. Goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, they caught it early, so it had not fully settled in my lungs. So they were able to start treatments and I've had two this week. They changed the meds. It's an issue, and it's. I'm glad that you're passionate and helping to expose it. And if there's anything else I can do to help, you know, getting the word out about anything, just let me know.
Well, thank you, Jeffrey. I appreciate it. It's an issue, and it's, I'm glad that you're passionate and helping to expose it. And if there's anything else I can do to help, you know, getting the word out about anything, just let me know. Well, thank you, Jeffrey. I appreciate it. Uh, it was a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you. Uh, have a have a good weekend, and everybody. Uh, Wham! Thanks for being here, and thanks. I hope you feel you feel better. And I, I hope, hope so I too. I hope Joe feels better. I hope I don't get the Wu Tang virus because I don't. I I try to use humor to deal with that stuff. It's the only thing I know to do. So I've been calling it Wu Tang virus, like the rap the rap band, the Wu Tang instead of Wu Hang. But but it's definitely terrifying. I hope it doesn't get any worse here for sure. And I've had the flu before. I've never had pneumonia, but I, I imagine that's so much worse. It's like, uh, I don't know, like real bad bronchitis type stuff, right? I mean, or worse than that, goodness. Yeah, yeah. well, like I said, they caught it early. So it had not fully settled in my lungs. So they were able to start treatments. And I've had two this week. They changed the meds. And I'm doing a little better today, despite how I sound. Um, but I'm very, just very tired. Lack of sleep, mostly, and coughing and not being able to breathe is exhausting. I bet. You know, well, I, I hope you feel better and uh, definitely heal. And hopefully, I'll be better by better enough by next week. Yes. Let me know if anything changes. Just drop me an email or whatever. I'm still banned from Facebook for sharing an anime titty, so just email me. <laughs> okay, I'll do that. All right. Well, feel better. Take care of yourself. Well, let's get this next uh, sicko up here, Joe. Come on, Joe. Come on, Joe. Let's go. <laughs> He's only seven days. Okay. Well, uh, I got him from a uh, A week of vacation with someone I met, so I uh, I hadn't left my house in a while, so I did for like uh, since Tuesday, but I enjoyed it. But as far as and uh, definitely heal and hopefully I'll be better by better enough by next week. Yes. Let me know if anything changes. Just drop me an email or whatever. I'm still banned from Facebook for sharing an anime titty, so just email me. <laughs> okay, I'll do that. All right, well, feel better. Take care of yourself. Well, let's get this next uh, sicko up here, Joe. Come on, Joe. Come on, Joe. Let's go. He's only seven days. Okay. Well, uh, I got in from a, a, a week of vacation with someone I met, so... I uh I hadn't left my house in a while, so I did for like uh since Tuesday, but I enjoyed it. But as far as when you haven't gone anywhere in a while and you're a hermit and then you do, it's like, you know, your body adjusts. <laughs> but I, I'm kind of sleep deprived, but I slept when I was there and felt fine, so I don't know. It's just weird. But after this show I'm definitely conking out that's for sure and then tomorrow i have a bunch of uh shows i need to catch up on the outsider that new stephen king hbo show is pretty good curb your enthusiasm curb your enthusiasm i like that 
What are you doing? Did you watch Star Trek Picard yet? Yeah, I mean, I've caught the first two. <clears throat> That's at least so far as what I've seen. It's, I haven't uh, seen the second one yet. I gotta watch. Yeah, it. it's. Uh, I mean, it's got potential. It's kind of starting out really slow. Um, they did, but you know, I was making fun. My wife said something. I said, you know, well, the man is like eighty something now. He can't just jump or run around like he used to, roll around on the floor and shit. So, is he really uh, that old now? I didn't know. He's what eighty. I think. I think he's eighty actually. I didn't know. So, but, um, but yeah, he's up there, and uh, I do like. He named his dog number one. I thought that was cute. Uh, yeah. What was up with that uh, Romulan cube? Is that like Romulan Borg? I mean, is that, the- uh, that was a Borg cube that they were okay. working on. Yeah, because remember, the Romulans, they took a key out of the new Star Trek from the movies, and Romulans destroyed. And so, yeah, Picard was trying to save it. I guess Picard and Spock were trying to save it. But anyway, it bit the big one. And then something happened to Mars. I didn't quite understand that. I guess I'll explain that later on. Uh, the synthetics wiped out Mars for some reason. <laughs> Data's children. <laughs> well, that's what this girl's supposed to be running around as Data's daughter, but she's not supposed to be an android. She's supposed to be a human with like android abilities. It's in a good show called Outcast that was on Cinemax about these demon possession. He's like a creepy men in black kind of dude. He does a good job, but yeah. Uh... My, my watch gave us a son alien in the hallway or something. <laughs> Is it Chihuahua? Is that a Chihuahua? What else? I gotta watch that. Sorry. Is that a Chihuahua? Yeah, it's two nuts only Chihuahuas is what they are. They hype one's seventeen and one's one. So the, the little ones like crazy. But I was gonna tell you, you watched Altered Carbon? Yeah, I, I saw the first season. Yeah, it's all it's, all, it's it's I guess it's really more like soft porn and black kind of dude. He does a good job, but yeah, uh, my my watch gave us a son alien in the hallway or something. Is <laughs> it Chihuahua? Is that a Chihuahua? What else? I gotta watch that. Sorry. 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 Data's children. <laughs> well, that's what this girl's supposed to be running around as Data's daughter. But she's not supposed to be an android. She's supposed to be a human with, like, android abilities. It's in a good show called Outcast that was on Cinemax about these demon possession. He's like a creepy men in black kind of dude. He does a good job, but yeah, uh, my my watch gave us a son alien in the hallway or something. <laughs> Is it Chihuahua? Is that a Chihuahua? What else? I gotta watch that. Sorry. Is that a Chihuahua? Thank <laughs> you.
Yeah, it's two, not only two outhouses, what they are. They hype one's 17 and one's one. So the, the little one's like crazy. But I was going to tell you, you watch the Altered Carbon. So what is it about the far left that they have this weird obsession with acting? Here's one. I want to know what it is. Just B -A -M -E. You know what that is? B-A-M-E. We'll tell you in just a second. But this is kind of a relatively new phenomenon. Where they come up with shorthand acronyms and your special names. For example, they have one for homosexuals. It's LBGQ something something something. To me, it sounds like a subway sandwich, but they have this weird obsession with acronyms. So what does that mean, B-A-M-E? Well, the reason we bring that up is because the transportation system in London had a contest. This is a contest that started last year and did it in Michigan. Have a contest is they give an award, a substantial award, first place award to the company. Who's advertising best represents. So we need to find out what it is. And by the way, the prize is like over $600,000 in free advertising. Which they probably can't sell anyhow, so no skin off their teeth, but whoever wins that prize, that translates into sales, can be a lot of money. So the mayor of London, England, took to Twitter to announce the winner of the BAME contest. Let's take a look. He says, London's greatest strength is our diversity. I've never heard of that before. So we challenge advertisers to produce ads that better represented. Here we go. R B A M E community. And then it goes on to announce the winner. Who is the winner? Well, the winner is called Nubian Skin. See the winning ad there on the screen. Nubian Skin. As the winner of this year's PFL. Diversity and Advertising Competition. It's another acronym. It stands for Transportation for London. Who's a fan of expansive Look out for their empowering, inclusive efforts on the TFL network. Okay, let's take a look. This is the winning ad. And I'm looking out for the inclusive, empowering component of this ad. And all I see are six black people. One of them is a little bit different. So I think maybe that's the diversity. They have a variety of skin tones, medium dark to dark dark, which I think is because of inbreeding with white people. If you go to Sub-Saharan Africa where there has been no inbreeding, you don't see that. So, these are, so maybe that's what they mean by diversity. I don't know. Maybe that's what they mean by B-A-N-E. What does that stand for? It stands for black, Asian, minority, and ethnic. Um, a little bit. You know, it's a cartoon. Asian, by the way, in England, refers to what we in America we would call Arab. So they're not talking about East Asians, we're talking about Arabs, what we would call Arabs and Middle Eastern. So this is the award winning prize. The problem is, yeah, I guess there's a panel that decides who wins. But uh, I don't see any diversity. I just see a bunch of black people in underwear. Um, well, these people that delusional are actually not. What they're not doing is they're not celebrating diversity, in my opinion. They are not advocating some moral imperative. What they're doing is they are discriminating 
Yeah, that's all this is. Challenged advertisers to produce ads that better represent our B A N E community, but the ad only represents black people. Okay, it represents black people plus okay, one fat. Sorry, I should say black person. Maybe that's the diversity. Let me break in here just a moment and say this while the thought comes to mind: before the invasion of Great Britain by non-white people. Which happened, by the way, just in my lifetime. This is a very, very new uh, phenomenon. But before the invasion of non-white people of the United Kingdom, they had diversity. They had English. They had Scottish. They had Welsh. They had uh, Irish. Northern Ireland. Okay, they think they're really not Irish, but... That's their place, who not mine. But the point is, they had diversity. They had some people with red hair. They had some people with brown hair. Some people with black hair. They had people with blue eyes. They had people with brown eyes. Look at these people. These people, they're not diverse. They all have the same color hair. They all have the same color eyes. The only thing different is one of them's a little chubby and the skin tone is a little bit different. But if you go to Sub-Saharan Africa, what you see is your skin tone is very, very dark. That's all the same. 
So why the variation now? Well, apparently there's been some in the breeding going on. So maybe that's what he's talking about. Maybe he's talking about inbreeding. I don't think so. I think he's talking about anti-white. And again, I'm the most anti-racist person on the planet. The difference between what I believe and these other people who call themselves anti-racist is I'm opposed to all kinds of racism, including anti-white racism. But if you're opposed to anti-white racism, based in it, these are racist, which makes absolutely no sense, except to them because they don't have any sense to make. If diversity I mean, is understood, it means you are white people, which it does. Then the well-worn mantra, diversity of our strength, yeah. really means you are white the people. Are the so every time you hear somebody say diversity is our strength, that is their way of expressing we hate white people without actually saying it. They say it tacitly. They say it implicitly. We hate white people. We want to destroy white people. Fewer white people makes us stronger. That's in essence, what they're saying. Uh, ask yourself the question, well, who is us? Us is anybody who isn't white. So that begs the question again, who is us? That's non-white people. Do you see a division here? So there is a division being caused by cultural Marxism between two groups of people, white people and everybody else. That's Marxism. That's class struggle. White people are 